a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart with it. Nobody puts baby in the Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. There is no Welcome back to Movies for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I'm your other co-host, Michelle Egan. And today we are recording this on the first day of official spooky season. This is October 1st. Yes. So, you know, this is the nature of podcasting, speaking to you from about two weeks before this the recording past. goes yeah. out. Yeah, that's okay. But, <laughs> hey, it's also International Coffee Day. I have mine right here in my Batman <laughs> Mine's mug. Mine's done. Oh, Unfortunately, mine was not gone. mine was not pumpkin spice flavored. <laughs> you not a PSL? I, you know, person? everyone's into the pumpkin spice <laughs> thing, and I'm like, I, 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 this might get me canceled. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't, I don't <gasps> like pumpkin pie. It's not my favorite, but and, it's good. And so, if if I'm gonna do a, a seasonal fall pie, it's gonna be pecan pie. Ooh. So mm. good. So good. But I um, love pecan pie. Yeah. So sugary. So very fattening. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> um, cheat day meal. Anyway. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> like the whole meal. <laughs> pecan pie. Anyway. Um, just pie? Just pie. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we're getting off subject there a little <laughs> so bit. So anyway, yes. So, we are feeling spooky today. Yeah. We're going to go for something a little bit different. We're going to go for a couple of movies that have a spooky feeling to them right so um yeah movies that are not necessarily halloween movies though one of them is actually set uh mostly uh leading up to halloween and slightly after and the other one is uh i think he says it's in march <laughs> but it ends on halloween <laughs> yeah. the last scene is on and halloween the very, la- the very last scene yeah. is on halloween yeah yep. <laughs> so we got that going for us but Anyway, I just thought that since, you know, everybody kind of does the same thing around this time, just to mix it up a bit and yeah, not talk about the same old horror movies over and over again. Let's just do the ones that still give you the feeling of the season. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about. And the one that I picked is kind of perfect for that, I think. And I hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, the one you picked Absolutely works for that too. It's surprising to me. Yeah. So you picked what did you're going your first. So what what are we picking? Yes. What did you pick? I picked from nineteen ninety eight Practical Magic. Directed by Griffin Dunn, which was like I, did you notice Holy you crap. noticed that? Yeah. When that yeah. when that title card yeah. came up, I was like, I am on board. <laughs> um anyway. But <laughs> I was hoping you'd catch on to that. <laughs> I did, yeah. And there are some fun things that I remembered about this movie that I had forgotten that we'll bring up in a few minutes here. But um, I have chosen 
uh, a little movie, very small. You might have heard of it. Uh, from 1982, Steven Spielberg's E.T. the Extraterrestrial, which I didn't really realize how much of a Halloween movie this was until seeing it uh, recently. So um, anyway, there's a lot of Halloween in this movie, and it's it's kind of thematically works for it, too, I think. So we're going to start with uh, Practical Magic. And I had kind of seen this movie, <laughs> but not really. Uh, it was, I, I remember my wife said, oh, we should watch Practical Magic. So we turned it on and I just hated it. I could not stand it at all. <laughs> Um, That's what I was so was, worried about picking this one. Yeah, this was a long time ago. This was uh, not long after we were married, maybe before we were married, so a good twenty years ago. And I just was like, I don't, I don't get this. It's not my thing. It very well is maybe not one that it was necessarily made for. <laughs> right. You, it's kind of a, it's kind of a women's movie made it for is. women based on a book by a woman you know so it's yeah. kind of got um it, it's always mostly women that i connect with that love this movie sure yeah you know and my so wife I was being really one afraid of that you were gonna hate it <laughs> yeah well my wife really she watched it a lot in the years between when it came out and when we uh oh, yeah. watched it that first time whenever that was <laughs> uh it was just kind of one of those things you watch with girlfriends you know kind of movie mm-hmm. um so I was like, okay, uh, fine. So I threw it on again. I, I actually, just to be sure everything was going to be okay and not turn into a Thelma and Louise situation, I um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched this ahead of time last week just to see how I felt about it. Just kind of sort of half watched it, you know, while sure. I was doing something else. And it's like, oh, okay, this is this is fun. I get it. I get it. This is fun. I I like this enough. And so what I watched it. Fully, yes, yeah. yesterday again um, for the first time, and really, I I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I, it's not. I give it three stars on Letterboxd, you know, which is I like it. It's it's fine. That's honestly. You know, that's, that's honestly probably close to what I would give it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it's <laughs> as much as I love it, uh-huh. like ba- just based on that quality. But there are some things that I definitely have noticed over the years watching it. Like, well, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't. <laughs> the, movie, the movie is so... Uh, watching it this time, like I, I knew, I knew it by heart. Still, I know like every little frame of this movie. Sure. I used to watch it constantly, but it is so chaotic, and half like the first half of it doesn't really make a lot of sense. The timelines are whacked, and <laughs> just watching it, like uh, it's such a random, it's such a random amalgamation of scenes that don't, that do sort of like thematically go together, but not really in in terms of time. Like there's a weird passage of time sure. happening, but you just kind of go with it. <laughs> I think when you're uh, watching it, I thought, and yeah, it really. It's not. I mean, it's not really about. I don't think it's really even about much of of the plot either. And no. that's not what people really connect to about it. Well, it's one of the, some of the things that's really it's mostly the feeling that yeah. you get from it. You know what, my wife, when we first watched that, this she was like, I didn't realize there was so much like she didn't remember the whole like murder section of it, like <laughs> like the thing that is like the, the biggest section <laughs> plot of the movie. The thing right. that drives everything along. She was like, it's, no, it's just a nice movie about sisters who are witches. Exactly. It's like, 
Um, <laughs> no, there's <laughs> there's this whole other element to it. And but she that's just what thought she, that was. Yeah. Uh, so it was she had just completely blocked that out because she all she remembered really was this relationship between um, the two sisters, Sandra Bullock and uh, Sally and Jillian, I should say, uh, played by mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock and uh, Nicole Kidman. And then um, the Aiden Quinn character. And then the aunts. Yeah, the aunts and, and the... Well, there's the relationship between the aunts, between yeah. Stucker Channing and yeah. Diane Weist. And, yeah. and then uh, Sally's daughters. Yeah. So, that I mean, yeah, that's, that's I think that's a lot of what people who really respond to this movie, that's the most that they connect to. So, because it, yeah. it's a movie that absolutely does not pass the... the what is it the Bechdel test or They're whatever always talking about men but <laughs> because the the main the main plot yeah is about a dude but sometimes yeah. it feels like the parts with the dudes is kind of like a side just to get to to where we're going uh, but what's sure. really um what's really uh i can't think of words today it is international but coffee really day res- if you need to get more coffee <laughs> i gotta get more apparently mm. What I really respond to, yeah, is the like the sister relationships and just the uh, the the closeness of women and groups of women, you know, sure. coming together to help each other out and things. So yeah, and Nicole Kidman's really hot as a redhead. <laughs> she is. Hey, hey I watched I this with you. my wife, and and I said, you know, Nicole Kidman looks really good as a redhead. I don't know why she ever is anything else in in movies, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my wife is 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 pretty is pretty straight let's put it that way so but she was like yeah, you, you, you're not wrong brian um so she, it works yeah. perfectly she has got that beautiful like fair porcelain skin yeah. my god the red <clears throat> absolutely works with her well that's why this is a good movie for the two of us it's got your woman mm-hmm. nicole kidman and it's got my woman Sandra Bullock, who is honestly Sandra Bullock has like always been my favorite actress always yeah Mm-hmm. because she's the kind of person she's also seems like she would be like one of my favorite people you know if i actually yeah. knew her because she's one of those people from hollywood that like nobody has anything bad to say about it. everybody fucking loves sandra bullock you know mm-hmm. and she seems like the kind of person that you would want to like be best friends with <laughs> and just hang out with and she brings that personality to so many of her roles i have a lifelong friend you know like literally i've known since before kindergarten like the person i've known the longest Uh in my life i haven't talked to her in a long time um she was also like my first crush i'll admit she looks exactly like sandra bullock (laughs) so when i saw sandra bullock uh come up on screen in speed the first time i saw her i was like Uh oh my gosh (laughs) yeah so so is your friend really sandra bullock is that what you're trying to tell us (laughs) <laughs> no, I wish, but um, no. Damn it! No, she's 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 a she's a she's brave and a fighter in her own way. But uh, so anyway, yeah, I love Sandra Bullock too. She has a a luminousness to her um, that also feels she also is f- beautiful as she is, and she is. Mm-hmm. Um, she has always felt like someone you would could know. You, mm-hmm. It didn't feel like Nicole Kidman to me. You know is always seems kind of other kind of unattainable outside of the realm of reality whereas sandra bullock feels like that tall statuesque model like yeah yeah so yeah sandra bullock is you know the girl you had a crush on in high school and her personality is so 
charming. She seems like one of those yeah, people, like yeah, in her roles and in her real life, like that. Just if you're in her orbit, you're just like drawn to her. Mm-hmm. You know, she just kind of has that thing about her that I absolutely love and that I really admire and that I really kind of strive to be like. You know, just kind of having fun with life and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's she seems like she's always having fun <laughs> and then she's i don't know i've always found her incredibly charming and beautiful yeah. and mm-hmm. she has and she never the lost, lost city that. did you see that i haven't seen the lost city. no no never no she's always been like that and yeah even you can see it in speed right yeah. right well i mean i compare and it to the lost city she's like really kind of she's like full on doing like her sandra bullock thing and i love it she can keep mm-hmm. doing that like over and over and over again and yeah. i would still love it because she just has that thing about her sure that you love to see that brings you a lot of joy. <laughs> and sometimes there are actresses that have that in the beginning and then lose it, you know, who mm-hmm. sort of come across later as being, when they reach some level of stardom, as being sort of separate from everyone else again. Sandra Bullock has never felt that way, you know, in the way that maybe a Renee Zellweger, you know, she started out kind of girl next door, you know, in in something like... She was in what Empire Records, and then she was in uh, Jerry mm-hmm. Maguire. She felt very. It, it was like, oh yeah, I I could know this person, Texas Chainsaw, uh, the next generation. Say that too. <laughs> uh, but 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 then but then that. but then she became an Oscar winner, and she did Chicago, and it just felt different. I love Chicago. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I don't like <clears throat> Renee Zellweger as an actress or as a movie star persona or whatever but it's just there's that otherness sort of crept in it felt like to her whereas sandra bullock has always felt even as big of a star as she is has always felt like quote unquote for lack of a better term the girl next door um all along i know know what you mean yeah (laughs) yeah i don't mean that in a hugh hefner kind of way but you know what i mean uh (laughs) so so, of course, I was drawn to this movie mm-hmm. mostly because of her, because I will watch anything that Sandra Bullock is in. And then it turned out to be this um, pretty amazing um, story. Have you ever, did you know this was a book? I didn't know this was a book until recently. I saw that there yeah. was a sequel to it on Kindle. There was actually a couple. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know this was a book. And then um, that's one of the things that it feels like while I'm watching the movie, like some of those jumps in time and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. maybe are filled in in the book, make a little more sense in the book. I don't know. I haven't read it. Sort of. Sort of? Okay, it's been a a while since I've read it. So yeah, the book is by a woman named Alice Hoffman, who I think has written two other there's like a practical magic series Mm -hmm. but of course being a big fan of this movie i wanted to read the book and it's been a really long time so i was trying to look up to see like what the differences were because i remember i'd seen it like after already loving the movie and reading the book is completely different (laughs) it's got a completely different like vibe to it there is nothing about uh uh, them killing Jimmy and oh, bringing really? him back to life, or none of that is in the book at all. But it is, huh. it does um, still the core thing of what the movie is about. It's still about the relationships, you know, between the aunts, the sisters, the nieces. Sure. And it's different. Um, they're, it's still the same thing to where uh, Jillian ran away, you know, to get away from like, the bullying and like mm-hmm. the reputation that they had where they grew up. 
and Sally stayed and started a family. But so there's a little bit more strain between the two of them. There's a little bit more strain between the daughters too. The daughters are actually a little bit older. They're both teenagers in the book. Okay. Yeah. So I remember there was some like more serious stuff going on with like what they were dealing with, just the two of them. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a little um little weird. So it seems like the movie just really went for the fun part of it, you know, the fun part of them uh, being witches, and sure. stuff, which is totally fine. It's a totally fine like fun movie about about that, um, especially yeah. uh, coming a few years after the craft. I want to say when was the craft ninety. Yeah, The Craft must have been 95 because Nev Campbell came off of that into Scream. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like it really leaned into that and made it kind of goofy, to be honest, a little bit Mm -hmm. weird. But it feels like watching the movie now, I can see how it's like six different things at once. And it doesn't when you really look at it, it doesn't it doesn't really come together right but it's still enjoyable to watch yeah like but somehow somehow it works you know, especially just that whole like it's not exactly like a montage like sure. the first part of the movie of like getting through them when they were kids mm-hmm. and then growing up and jillian leaving and mm-hmm. sally <laughs> meeting meeting the guy and having kids you know it kind of it's right. a lot of stuff to get through to get to this main story but and the way it it's is. done is is a, yeah a little chaotic again and like there's a huge time jumps where and there's also I, like <laughs> i think there was also a sense of going into this like oh sandy bullock's in this it must be a romantic comedy which mm-hmm. there's sort elements of, of that but that's not there's a lot more darkness in this i guess than i really mm-hmm. um i guess would have thought if I was just, I mean, especially in 1998 going into this, I don't think I would have thought, oh, this is just going to be, you know, this is going to have a, a murder and an exorcism and, <laughs> you know, a witch's coven and uh, all this. I don't think I ever would have thought any of that, you know, uh-huh. um, going into it because I don't think it was, it sort of comes, and that's, like I said, that's kind of what my wife remembered. She remembered, you know, the romantic comedy element of it more than anything else but even then there's still like a little bit of a drama mixed in with that too (laughs) there is there is and you know the whole idea that you know she okay going back to the beginning i mean you have the you know we find out you know the owens women are witches and that's just sort of taken as fact there's not any explanation there's not any uh they, they just it's sort of like witches of eastwick if you've ever read the book witches of eastwick they're just witches there's there's not yeah. anything in it that like in the movie they do all this they're becoming witches they're learning about it in the book they just are <laughs> you know there's no there, there there's no well they they yeah. they are born with a power yeah exactly uh, that started with Maria the woman at the beginning uh-huh. yeah but there's no explanation of like where that comes from or whatever nope. they just kind of they just kind of are they just have this power yeah and I, I kind of like that. which could also be just like a metaphor you know yeah. But I mean, just this idea, you know, the curse on any man who dared to love them, uh, the death watch beetle, the clicking of the death watch beetle. And then, you know, you meet 
Jillian and Sally right at the beginning. One of them's redhead, one's dark haired, and that kind of goes through all the generations. Yeah. Um, Evan Rachel Wood, I didn't even realize it was her as the daughter until much I later. I had to look at the credits. She's I wouldn't Kylie. have known it if yeah. I didn't read the credits. Um, I would not have either. I knew that Camilla Bell was mm-hmm. young um, Sally. But when I saw that, I was like, Evan Rachel Wood. I mean, I don't know her that well. Like, I, I know right. she's big in like Westworld and, mm-hmm. and True Blood, which I haven't watched. So I don't know her that well. But like, I never would have even known that yeah. was her. That was a big surprise for me too. Yeah, I mean, she's probably best known now for for the very brave things she's doing and speaking out against yeah. Marilyn Manson. I'm just going to go on record and say I applaud greatly <laughs> that she's doing that because that is um, she's facing a lot of pushback obviously oh she's in the wrestler she's in 13 frozen 2 um (laughs) in frozen 2 across (laughs) the universe um yeah lots of movies so anyway so there's a nice little cast going. yeah the cast here i mean obviously your top build are senator bullock nicole kidman you have um goran vizhnik uh who i am not really familiar with good job um that's right (laughs) is that right oh the girl with the dragon tattoo what do you know right no, dude, he was on ER. Come on. Okay, fine. Uh, Luka Kovac. I've never seen a single never, episode I can't of ER. Never watched ER. Oh God, he's uh, you know, so good. And on you know ER. now, you know now, I just can't. I, I I can't. I I mean, it's like if gone this long, it's just like I I. <laughs> It, it would be like all of a sudden, oh, I'm just going to sit down me. and watch ER. I, I, I've never seen Law and Order either. How's that? Any version. But anyway, <sighs> moving on. All right. Uh, Stalker Channing, Diane Best friend, Weist. what am I going to do with you? I don't know. Um, Aiden <laughs> Quinn, who we have talked about before. Then, of course, we've got Evan Rachel Wood, uh, a few others, Camilla Bell. And Griffin Dunn as the director. And Griffin he Dunn as director. After yes. Hours and American Werewolf in London. And I can kind of see watching this a little bit of American Werewolf in London. You know, sort of that comedy horror element. This yeah. this, this goes much more to the comedy than the horror, but than that movie does. Um, it leans one way or the other, whereas American Werewolf is pretty balanced between the two. But there's some genuinely freaky stuff that happens in this, I think. But my Can gosh, we talk about the... I'm sorry. What I was going to say was the some of the stuff that I didn't expect watching this the first time was like, you know, she she meets her husband, has kids, and he dies within the first 30 minutes. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, that that's not what you expect to have happen. But then you find out later that it was because of a spell uh, that, you know, sort of. so, so he... It was a well, push. It was a push in the right direction, is what is what uh, the ants say. You know, it's well. We saw in the beginning when she was a little girl that she does a spell for the actual love of her life. So that's as much right. as she loved her husband, he was not the actual love of her life, that's and right. that's kind of what the movie is working towards. Well, she attempts to conjure this guy who doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, the one he has to ride a pony backwards. His favorite shape is a star. <laughs> he has one green eye and one blue eye. He can flip pancakes into the air like that. He'll be marvelously kind, which I really like. He'll be Camilla able, be so able to hear me from a mile away, right? Yeah, hear my call a mile away. Yeah. And that whole thing, you know, when, when he finally does show up and she can't lie to him, I think is is very 
is kind of a cool thing too. <laughs> anyway, it's very it's Sandra being really funny and cute yeah. too in that scene. Okay, but like let's talk about one of the main things that really draws me to this movie and why it kind of gives me that um, Halloween spooky season sure. atmosphere is just the setting. Mm-hmm. Okay, the setting, the costuming, yep. the the set decoration. I this is one of those movies where it's like I want to live there. This yeah. I want this to be my life. I want to live as the ants in that giant amazing house. Mm-hmm. It's set in New England. Dude, this is actually filmed in Washington. On uh, a little place called San Juan Island. Yes. <laughs> Which brings you know us <laughs> to something as well. <laughs> yes, I know San Juan Island. Um so so San Juan Island is is yeah. Uh, in 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 the Puget Sound out here, but I didn't know that. I should have known yep. that because, as it turns out, uh, one of the extras in this movie. I was watching and it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I know that guy, and I remember him telling this story <laughs> that he was in this movie. So the guy, if you watch this movie care- carefully, he's on screen for about less less than a second, <laughs> less than two seconds. But I went to college with an extra in this who I was in choir with him. And he's the one who quote quote unquote had an affair with the babysitter, you know. So he's he's wearing like a plaid shirt, and he walks across. They kind of look at him and they walk across the street really fast. Yeah. And and she, she can pound you, cake okay, in can under a minute. minute. Exactly that whole thing. So it's he's the he's the guy in that uh, situation. The thing is, this was filmed in because uh, I went I was in college from 1996 to 2000 and he was younger than me so he would have been like 17 when they filmed this and you texted me that before I watched <laughs> the movie so I was watching for that and I was like oh my god he does look so young he yeah. absolutely looks like an 18 year old yeah. dude he, yeah and so it was just like the weirdest line to put with him because I, I, it seems like it was something <laughs> I, that was dubbed that's in a little later young. With the, you know and, but it was so funny but <laughs> If you, he's actually now a choir director in the area. I, I, I actually, I, <laughs> I don't know him real well anymore. But um, yeah, it was. But I remember him saying that line, uh, telling telling that little story. So it was just like it's like, and it's in the movie. It's like, yeah, it, there you That's are. So cute. <laughs> so I just thought that was really funny. Uh, nice guy. Um, <laughs> but do you not just love that about this movie the whole like small town like especially when they get into like i guess what is supposed to be the main square area like Mm -hmm. where sally has her shop it's all older like white buildings and their house Mm -hmm. is um like on this cliff next to the water and it's a huge house with like a freaking tower in the middle Mm -hmm. porch they have a nice garden outside i mean I mean, I love uh, house porn is something that I always yeah. love in movies. And God, this is absolute house porn because oh, I. Oh, yeah. And the way that the way that it is set dressed on the inside, too, mm-hmm. is incredible. It's so detailed and it's so like fits in with those characters absolutely well, you know, like because um, it's about witches and, and stuff like that. But I think it's more heading even though they're they do use like real magic and they supposedly have like real powers it kind of seems like it's going more into the 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 new agey like wicca thing which absolutely if you are a fan of the craft and this movie and you were like a teenage girl around the time when those came out like me um yeah you probably looked into some of that stuff like into to wicca 
because I totally remember like making my dad take me to this place called the Peace Nook, <laughs> where I could like find like books and, and incense and candles and stuff like that. So I could be cool like those girls. Um, but that's actually kind of a nice thing about this movie that it really it, it kind of leans on, on both sides of like the fantastical elements, but mm-hmm. also like the real life elements of there, like yeah. what Wick actually is. Like I didn't yeah. I didn't do a whole lot of research. I remember reading a lot about it, but um, I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I liked basically what it was that it was a very like um holistic and and spiritual like nature religion basically it's It's something that you can practice yeah Yeah. it's 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 and that's not i don't say that as an insult i don't say that as an insult no it's it's just what it is yeah right yeah (laughs) it's not well yeah it's and it's something really nice actually you can just like practice on your own as mostly as like a, a guide for like a good you know po- it's very positive too that's what it always felt like to me a good positive way of thinking and you know like one of the main um morality kind of tenets of it is and it harm none you know do what you will mm-hmm. which is basically like don't be an asshole and right. be, like be a good person and everything and the, the law of uh threefold I remember a lot, which actually comes up in the craft, you know, where whatever like good or bad you put out in the world will come back at you three times. I've also um, never seen the craft and I've never seen an episode <laughs> of Charmed. See, all yeah, that I'm stuff was at the Charmed. same time, you know, all of this yeah, stuff, you know, exactly. it was practical magic. Exactly. A few yeah. years earlier, you had Hocus Pocus, which is different kind of witches, of course. And then you had Charmed, you had the craft you had uh uh the sabrina the teenage witch all this stuff yes, sabrina. was, was yeah. all kind of happening at the same time it's it just was. kind of an interesting time <laughs> so if you actually looked into what it really was you know as opposed to what was portrayed into the movies yeah. it's actually it's kind of nice it's kind of a nice way of looking i would yeah. i just i'm reading up on it again like kind of for this i was like yeah oh yeah i remember that that was just reading up on it it's just a very good way to you know try and lead your life and and that and just all the thing with like the herb like there's like an herb room in their house you know that i love Mm -hmm. the scene where they're like making the the syrup to banish (laughs) mr hallett and the herb garden outside and there's like rose i just i love the look of this movie so much and the costuming especially on Stalker Channing and yeah. Diane Weist. Am I saying her name right? Weist. I think it is Weist. Weist. I, was, I, I always, I've Weist? always thought I it was how to Weist say that. because if it's if it's German, W I E would, and I know right. this all too well. You say the second letter. You say if it's an I E, okay. you say the second letter. If it's if it's an E I, you say the second letter. Second letter. <laughs> huh. So it's Kuiper, <laughs> not Keeper. Thank you very much. Right. Weist, not Weist. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> but the costuming on them, they look like, you know, two old spinster ants who, you know, practice Wicca. Absolutely. They absolutely do, um, yeah. And they are so much fun too. Like I wanted, I always wanted to grow up to be them. You know, like um, Jilly and Sister Sally in the movie. It's like, no matter what they do in their lives, no matter like what men they they marry or whatever, it's just gonna be the two of them at the end. You know, we're, we're gonna be in this big old house with all these cats, and we'll probably die on the same day. I always like that little sentiment to it too. Sure. But um, another thing, <laughs> this is a small thing, but I've said that I've said this before, and like other women agree with me that serious hair envy in this movie. <laughs> They have beautiful, I know you won't understand this at all, 
probably. The bald guy? But... The, yeah. <laughs> The, the hair i know it's probably like extensions and all the stuff but they have like just that beautiful like super long hair mm-hmm. which kind of goes with the whole like hippie mm-hmm. new age witchy vibe thing sure. that they have but god they just they both look so beautiful and i've just i've just kept my hair very short and so watching this i was like damn because i definitely remember um trying to do my hair like Sandra Bullock in that movie. I would grow it out super long and I would try to make it curly and try to put it up like her. And so just memories that I have sure. of this movie and the things that I responded to about it. Yeah. I know you don't get it. Not, well, I'm sorry. It's uh, a girl thing. It's one of those things. <laughs> it's a hair yeah. thing. Sorry. Yeah. And well, and honestly, the, the relationship between the two, I mean, even earlier on, I, you know, she mm-hmm. does this, there's this really cool moment and I don't know if it makes a lot of sense, but where she just puts the, um, the stuff in, into Jimmy's tequila and, and, you know, he falls asleep and she leaves, you know, and she just drives mm-hmm. through the night, th- through the next day and into the night again. I really like that part. That transition was obviously done in one shot and it was done mm-hmm. with projection or something. Sure. But, but. <laughs> The thing is, I actually like the sort of stylistic, you know, touch to that rather than it being, you know, fully realistic. Having it be stylized fits the movie, I think, really well. And I loved that transition. Mm -hmm. But they have that little talk where they're lying in bed together. I was going to talk about that, too. That's that's like one of my I always like that scene, but it became like one of my new favorite scenes watching it. I think this might have been my this felt really authentic in sort of this fantastical plot. Cause there are elements of the magic in this movie that are not grounded in reality at all too. No. You know, I mean, uh, they're not practical. No, <laughs> no. I mean, cause like you, cause you were talking about the Wiccan stuff and that is, you know, it's, it's about, it's more about changing yourself than changing others where here you have changing your environment. I mean, you have her blowing right. on the candle and it lights, you know, stuff like that. Yes. You know, this is stir her coffee. Yeah. Her, by let, making the spoon move. Exactly. All that. <laughs> Uh, stuff that is magic magic not magic with a k right but that scene where she says you know do you forgive our mother um and all that was really nice but sandra bullock laying there with her eyes closed and nicole kidman just mouths to her i love you and sandra bullock answers i know you do it's like I love you too. or I love you too Jilly Bean. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, that's what I meant to say. That's kind of the big thing is that um I love the connection between exactly. the two of them. Yes, it's presented mm-hmm. in the movie as like a magical connection in a way because it, they it like when the phone than, rings it, and she yeah. immediately she knows that it's Jillian. Mm-hmm. It feels it's come it comes off as a very magical thing, but it also It feels more just comes like a real as, connection. Yes. Like the women are talking about at the end, like there's a little bit of the thing about like supposedly kind of real world magic type stuff, like coincidences and, sure. and stuff like that. And just like feelings that you have, like when it's like, oh, I, I just I just knew something was wrong. And like, that's what it kind of feels like. Just that very strong bond that two people can have, especially two you know, family members, sisters yeah. who grew up together and went through all of this stuff together that's what i love about it and what i love especially about that scene that you were just talking about is that 
yeah, it's another one of those like weird timeline things where it's like, okay, she was in, Jillian mm-hmm. was in Florida or yeah. something wherever. And apparently, supposedly drove up all night to New England and was um, just there for the night to talk when she, because she knew that her sister needed her. Because that's when Sally is after like her husband has died and she's feeling a little depressed and she's going through some depression, can't get out of bed kind of thing. Yeah. It's like Jillian knew that she, that's what she needed to do. Like when she just kind of wakes her up and Sally sees that, that she's there. That's another thing that's a little bit weird. It kind of feels like Jillian hasn't been back at all. That whole time. <laughs> I, yeah. can't, I can't, I can't tell. Like when she's, when Sally is writing the letter to her and she's saying that it's their, their third anniversary with her husband and they have two kids. And I, this time I was thinking, I was like, wait, wait, so wait a minute. So Jillian wasn't there for when she married right. <laughs> for when her sister got married or when her sister had two babies. Is that what we're trying to say here? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's what it's, it feels like. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's an, I don't know. That's just one. Of, yeah. That's one of the weird things about like the timeline, the, yeah. the passage of time. Yeah. And that, that, but uh, again, some of the letterbox reviews I read, of just people I know, I, I don't go seeking them out. Usually, we're just kind of like this movie just doesn't make sense to me. You know, was was yeah. sort of the biggest criticism <laughs> of it, and it's like, and it's like I was just kind of like, why does it need to make sense? I, I this movie, it's it's about magic. And when it's you get about, nitpicky with the plot holes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not about really, I, really about that. I guess I never, I've never been that person. Maybe it's an ADD thing. I just don't care that much. I was like, oh, I can go with it. I I, I don't know. It's something that you notice but don't care about. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah I mean, when there's like... other stuff to focus on. But yeah, when she's when she just wakes her up and Sally sees that she's there, like she hasn't probably seen her for years. It feels like she's not surprised at all. You know that she's there. Right. Even like that little feeling I got from like what their their bond was. I, I've always really liked about this movie because yeah. I I do have an older sister. Mm-hmm. I sort of remember watching this and sort of wishing that we could have been as close as Sally and Jillian are like when they were little, like she's five years older than me. Mm-hmm. So we had that, that little sister, big sister dynamic mm-hmm. going on, especially when she became a teenager and I sort of got left behind. It felt like, you know, sure. where I didn't feel as, as close to her as when we were younger I think like we were talking about, you know, in Hocus Pocus, there's like that, um, like a transition thing that happens like between siblings like that. Like you're a little bit, you're way closer, like when you're younger, probably because you can still play mm-hmm. and you're kind of into the same things. But once you get into like that, those teenage ad- adulthood years, like one is maturing yeah. faster than the other. Yeah. You know, you kind of you drift apart and then mm-hmm. and then it all comes back around again at the end when yeah. you're adults yeah, again. so does. now it feels like there's no even though like we have totally different lives and like we're at basically completely different people we still have that bond as like sisters yeah. and best friends yeah. now that we've kind of been through more stuff uh, growing up and like realizing that you know all that stuff when we were kids that maybe I, if i was annoying her or whatever that none of that really matters mm-hmm. because like we're always going to be there for each other and mm-hmm. That's a that's a big reason why I I love this movie and I love the portrayal of the different types, all the different generations of sisters. Yeah, you know that are in this. Yeah, and it's you can't. Unfortunately, I think you know I kind of wonder if the movie is stronger if it just focuses on that. You know, uh, if it just deals. I think it might be. If it just deals with those interrelationships between the three generations. 
I wonder if it's a better movie. That's what the book mostly is. Yeah, because what we have in this next section is, you know, we have the whole Jimmy situation, which sounds Mm -hmm. like a sequence from Pulp Fiction. Um, (laughs) The Bonnie situation? The Bonnie situation, (laughs) yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, But... What what you have is is that whole you know the he he uh, is abusive and uh, another kind Sally of like tra- weird dark yeah. thing that this brings in to yeah. like this really fun witch movie yeah, yeah. Sally uh, tries to get her they're essentially kidnapped by the guy he pour she pours okay the, another the Belladonna another weird thing with the timeline yeah. <laughs> okay another weird thing with the timeline that I noticed this one too okay so she says when Jillian calls. And Sally leaves in, from New England. Like, we don't exactly know, like, where Jillian is that she goes and picks her up in that motel room. Mm-hmm. But she says she's, Sally says she's getting on a flight. So she gets on a flight. It's already night there. She flies down to Jillian and they get back. Yeah, Are they doing yeah, all of travel, this in one night? <laughs> there's, there's long periods of travel time that are just sort of like. I know. Non, just, they're just not accounted for at all. Uh, I, I know. I've noticed that in a couple of situations because I actually thought she was in Arizona when she drove to meet her. Yeah, but you they know? but she says the that they've, they've been driving, like, so maybe they were. The landscape looks like the desert yeah. when she's doing that drive. Yeah, you know. Well, they were maybe they started in Arizona and they're a little bit. I know it doesn't. No, it's it's <laughs> again so another weird. nitpicky thing. It's just weird. It's weird. It uh, and you know as, and and again, it's just kind of a uh, you just go with it kind of thing, I guess. Right. For me, that's just the way <laughs> I, I just, feel about I it. I just really thought about this time. I was like, okay, so they really drove from wherever they were. They drove. They went through the whole thing with Jimmy, killed him, drove back, brought yeah. him back, buried him. Yeah, the whole <laughs> on the same night. The the whole thing. And it's a little weird, you know, they they bring him back to life just to kill him again. Uh, it's what it seems like, you know, it just it's just like <laughs> we just need to pad out the movie a little bit more. It's got to be a little bit longer. So so we're going to we're going to have you bring him back to life so you can kill him again. And, well, it's like one of those. But now where... he's he's uh, they bring him back to life. So he turns into essentially like a demonic creature and then they right. bury him. And so then he can possess and you know do all that kind of weird stuff <laughs> that he really, does it's not really the explained the and it's a, and it's and, it, and it's not really <laughs> i i actually think it's kind of the least necessary part of the movie the one thing that it does do that's really good is all this leads to of course aiden quinn's character and showing bringing up. It, yeah and and that is it, it feels it makes it feel like a device you know to to get that to happen more than anything else you know um because yeah, it, it, it's that's pretty much what it is. I, I do like some of the some of the elements that they do. Like I think the whole whipped cream thing to make the star is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's great. I love the when they uh, when they open his eyes and it's got those like yeah, dead it's a glassy creepy. eyes and yeah. like Sally and like Sally freaks out. It's it's such a cute little fun moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, the berry, then the rose you know that grows up overnight but but then then you have sort of like this back to reality oh i got to go to my kid's school and sign up for the phone tree it's like it just it really jerks you all over the place doesn't it i really like the scene though where uh jillian shows up at that meeting all right that's right i'm back hang on to your <laughs> husband's girls and does that little hip thrust thing that's like the I hottest know. thing I mean, seriously. I, I can't help it. I still love no, it. No, it's it's just like, she's got a tattoo. She's got a snake tattoo in her arm. I hear she has another one on her breast. It's like, that's right. That, 
is that not yeah. where she looks the yeah. sexiest? <laughs> Getting into more of the cast, I don't know who that one is that says that, but um, Margot Martindale is another. One oh of yeah, those, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, oh god, yeah. The one that works at Sally's shop with her is another one of those like that actresses that you've seen in. A bunch of stuff. She's wonderful. And actually, the other gal who works there, too, I recognized as well. Uh, that one, I Is forgot that to look up her name. Chloe Webb? I've seen her in lots of stuff. She's in Ghostbusters 2, Twins, Sid and Nancy, Heart and Souls, lots of stuff. Another one was Mary Gross. She shows up at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And she was in The Santa Claus and some other things. But what I always knew her from... <laughs> Was there's this movie she did with in the 80s with a Rebecca De Mornay called Feds, which was basically like okay. um, they were in the first class of the FBI that included women or something like that. Okay. And so it's a comedy, but it's kind of like it's kind of like the Silence of the Lambs if it didn't have the cannibalism and the serial killer and had just focused on Clarice as this mm-hmm. recruit. And it was funny. <laughs> it was kind of that movie, but but she's the one who brings the dust buster to the yeah. Uh, okay, that's the one I was. That's the other one I was. Thinking yeah, of, she's the one. I, who... I've seen her and stuff before. That's another thing. Um, I'm not so big on this myself, but I know people that are. Like Stevie Nicks is a big part yeah. of this movie, the soundtrack especially, mm-hmm. and like that seems to be like where the look and the feeling, I guess, of Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Uh, this comes from, yeah. it, it reminded me a lot of, um, did you watch American Horror Story, Coven? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stevie Nicks was a big part of that too. That kind of just made me, made me think of a weird little connection between the two of those. It wasn't my favorite, but honestly, that was the season that kind of lost me. So when Aiden, the, the relationship between um, Aiden Quinn and, What's his oh, name? Oh, Gary. Real, real quick, real quick. Before we get to that, though, this movie does include a convention that happened a lot during this period. And that yes. is okay. oh. that is the period <laughs> where you have a bunch of people scene. in a kitchen dancing around to a hit song. Okay, so that was Stepmom. <laughs> that was Remember the Titans. That was, you know, this came from the Big Chill, which was years and yes. years before. But for some reason, it was happening all the time. So in this one, you get the lime and the coconut, and they're having margaritas. You know, so they're having the midnight margaritas. Yeah, and I gotta say, I love the part right at the beginning of that scene where where it shows the ants. They're down there. I know you call them aunts. <laughs> I call them ants. It must be a regional thing. That's how yeah. you're supposed to. I'm trying to say aunts for some reason because that's that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I'm pretty. It sure. makes more sense because an ant is a little bug, but it's I know, just what I'm used what, to. That's what my friend Alex used to always say. She because she always said aunt, and she was like, "She's my aunt. She's not a little insect that runs around on the ground." I was like, "Okay, you're right." Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But I'm not going to change it now. I'm too old. Okay. Um. But I love that. They say scene. aunts in the movie too. So. I love the scene where they're putting the uh, stuff together and it sounds like they're making like uh, a potion, you know, like out of sh- like out of Macbeth. Right. So it's got like the <laughs> Crack it up like and a the, sailor's you know, stubble. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. And then they, then they put it on the blender <laughs> and they turn it on. It's like they're making margaritas. Yeah. Uh, I loved that part. I thought it was great. But, you know, hey, this was the era of dancing in the kitchen to the old song. That's just, mm-hmm. it was just that time. So, well, they find Jimmy's bottle afterwards. I mean, it's, there's some important right. stuff. 
you know, that happens there. But but it also has, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is another thing. I only thought of this because of our conversation we had with Rachel uh, when we talked the Philadelphia story drunk scene. It has the Uh suddenly sober moment. I thought that too. (laughs) (laughs) They're sitting around the table and they're just like losing their minds laughing and like they're they're saying weird, they're saying weird drunk things because of the tequila. uh, Uh Because there's some kind of magic thing going on with that because it's Jimmy's bottle or something there. Yeah. But yeah, I I absolutely had the exact same thought when they realized they're like, where'd that bottle come from? I was like, oh, they're doing the suddenly sober thing that we talked about. That's exactly (laughs) what that was. And it was like, ah, and they're they're all like that as soon as Jillian grabs it and like smashes in the sink and they're all like what's going on like what's going on here what are you what are you what's wrong with you girls i'm like really y'all were just like laughing and like so fucking drunk two seconds ago (laughs) unless breaking the bottle broke the spell and they all suddenly Uh, were like oh we only had maybe they weren't that drunk one drink you know anyway i'm sorry you were you were you were gonna say you're gonna talk about aiden aiden quinn well, that scene also, I think, is just great, just as a scene between the four of them before, like, yeah, they yeah. start saying weird things that, like, kind of hurt each other's feelings, mm-hmm. you know, when they're drunk. Um, just one of those, another one of those where it's like, I want to be there. I want to have that, like, that bond, that connection uh, between women, between people that mm-hmm. you can really, like, 100%, like, be yourself with, you know? Yeah, I always love um, seeing that kind of stuff, and I miss that. I, I had that a little bit, you know, like when with my sister and when I was in a sorority a little bit. So I kind of, sure. I miss having like moments like that with somebody, you know. Yeah. But yes, when um, the relationship between Gary and Sally is is kind of weird because he comes there obviously looking for Jimmy, who's mm-hmm. who he also like isn't really that interested in uh, he's a bad guy jimmy is a bad guy as we find out because he's killed other women yeah and so well i mean we already knew it before because i mean he's hitting uh jillian and everything and he chokes her which is a right big indicator of other violence that he's capable of being a piece of shit yeah pretty much yeah Yeah. (laughs) 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 that's just another thing that i was thinking about watching at this time too it's like he's being a really bad cop (laughs) in a way like getting close to sally and like falling in love with her which could be as i talk about could be because of the spell that she did when she was a little girl or because he really was drawn to her um from what he read in her letter that's another like great moment i kind of love when um because he because she wrote this really personal letter that we hear a little bit of in the beginning that she wrote to jillian Mm -hmm. And she's talking about like wanting to be seen and I just want someone to love me. Totally relate to all of that. Um, And I just kind of love that moment where she, when she feels the paper and it's obviously the paper is very soft, you know, because he's, Uh he's read it and folded it and, you know, touched it a bunch. And that's, that's a good Uh moment. So I don't know, like the, it's another one of those movie things where you're like, well, he's, he's kind of, I mean, he does it a couple, he, does kind of bring his authority out a couple of times where like when they find jimmy's ring and stuff and he re- he's like oh wait a minute yeah i gotta find this guy and these girls are being very suspicious i can't be falling in love with this woman but i don't know um mm-hmm. I-, I think he's very much like the the person that sally made up you know like he's very he's marvelously mm-hmm. kind and he's great with her daughters which 
I think, yeah. um, right. especially that breakfast scene when um, he's making pancakes with uh, Antonia. But what did you think of um, that and his his character? Well, you know, I think I can't help but kind of like him. Right? I think Aiden Quinn is just sort of a... He's just one of those guys. He, 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 yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Because, I mean, we talked about him fairly extensively in Music of the Heart because he's he plays Brian in that. So he's the one that where the character, we both kind of agreed we didn't really like mm-hmm. that character of Brian because he was just sort of unreliable and wouldn't a little bit selfish commit yeah. and all these kinds of things. He yeah, is selfish and all these things. But at the same time, he's played by Aiden Quinn, so you <laughs> kind of don't hate him either. Right. You know, it's kind of fine. He's got one of those faces where you just kind of, he's very charming and sweet. He really does. And he has, I mean, he has beautiful eyes. I got to say. I mean, I, yeah. I just find the way, I mean, they're kind of a, I mean, they, they altered them a little bit in some of the close-ups mm-hmm. so that he could have one green eye and one blue eye. But he's got those sort of pale blue eyes that are just really... Um, like almost gray, aren't they? Yeah, they're just really lovely. And it's just... it's it's It makes it very... It's very disarming, you know, uh, as well. And I think... I think he sort of... He's on screen so... He comes in the movie so late. And he's so briefly part of it. But... You just remember him and you're drawn to him too. And you can therefore understand why Sally, at least apparently is, whether that is the the spell or what, Mm -hmm. you know, and it leaves that ambiguous, you know, as to, and, but it's like, are they willing to take the risk about that? And and we don't really completely find out. Um, Well, they're together at the end. What happens (laughs) at They're they're together at the end. They're together at the end, but you know we don't really know what that looks like. I think it's real because I think that the spell that she yeah. did was for her one true love in life. Well, you know, I love try. Yeah, that's right. Not that mm-hmm. she was not that she was maybe inventing him, but that hey, there just happened to be somebody that really does fit all those qualities that you were yeah. looking for. Like it's not impossible that you know, well, and then, you know somebody like, could be like that. And then Kylie. Uh, and the other daughter, they just kind of see right away that oh, yeah. as soon as they read her little spell book from when she was a kid, they they go, mm-hmm. "Oh, uh, this must be him." <laughs> they could so just cute. they just know they're it. so cute together. Little Antonia, that little actress, mm-hmm. is so adorable. <laughs> and I love when they when they steal the syrup. No, and they just run down to the shore. And they just throw throw the the syrup into the. In, it would have been Puget Sound, um, and, and, you know, I guess I I didn't know that. Um, and it is, yep. and, and, they, and they just kind of cheer, yay! <laughs> I, just, I love I know, that. I mean, so it's, cute. it's great. It's great. Um, but but I also. I like that whole idea. It's like, I don't think I can lie to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's a really interesting touch. Because she has this connection to him that she can't explain. Right. And, and there's it's that, because he's the perfect guy for her. There's that scene at Gary's hotel um, after, you know, he's found the ring and everything in the frog. Uh, the frog <laughs> coughs up the ring. Um, Another like random weird, really weird thing, thing in this um, movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, but but there's that whole scene where, where he's asking like how many times did you read the letter, and you know they kind of have mm-hmm. their moment of they're they're gonna um, hook up, um, as the kids <laughs> say. 
Um, but then, but also, then he's like, he's like the whole. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I need to stop. And he, he absolutely stops to his credit when she says to, and then yeah. she kind of kisses him back. Um, it's all uh, very. Uh, but she can't stay. She realizes, and he just goes, and it's just sort of like. But he hears her from a mile away, right? <laughs> um, also, like before. Like they're they're talking very close. She's looking right into his face, but she doesn't realize that he has one green eye, one blue eye until they're right. that's, that moment in death. Right, I know. <laughs> it's another one of those times. But whatever. Well, and then and then he's he, he has this line, and it's around this spot because it's before we actually see the whole possession of of Jilly happen. We know that there's this ghost of Jimmy, um, but he says curses only have power when you believe in them, and I don't. Um, and he says, I wished for you too. So, cause they show him, you that's know, a great moment as, as a kid sitting on the pony backwards with the star on its painted on its yeah. butt and, and, and the flowers that she sent out yes. um, <laughs> into the night land around him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really neat moment. Uh, yep. It's, it's kind <laughs> of, to me that those are sort of like the great sort of romantic comedy beats of this movie. Yes. That I think work really well. I think that's where the, this movie is its best is is in those relationships and in sort of that romance element, you know. Well, even um, not between the two of them, but between Sally and her first husband, the whole like yeah. this kiss mm-hmm. moment. Like, come yeah, on, yeah, that's a hundred percent a rom com moment, and I still love oh, it. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I, I had that song stuck in my head for like the rest of the day after watching this movie. <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> so, yeah, but then then we get into the weird stuff again, where you have this whole possession <laughs> thing, you know, and the exorcism. Yeah, but it's another thing too that also just feels like it's just a plot device and mm-hmm. what this whole last section is really but because another thing that the movie is about is kind of uh accepting your who you really are accepting your true self and like yeah. really being mm-hmm. yourself because there's the whole thing with the owens women being known in town as being witches they've been bullied um when they were kids there's that stupid little rhyme that the kids say like witch witch you're a bitch which like little right. kids saying bitch it's, it's like they gotta come <laughs> up with a better rhyme <laughs> right and that's i mean that's the whole reason that that jillian runs away she says at the beginning that she wants to go where no one's ever heard of them and they don't have this like she can just go and like be herself and not have to worry about the the people that literally in town hate them like it literally avoid them on the street yeah. and sally is yeah. saying that she wants to just be normal and have this normal life and yeah. um that's why and she's it's kind of another like tropey thing too in the movie that sally is really the one that has the most you know, natural power out of the two of right. them mm-hmm. not jillian and but Sally is the one that doesn't really want to use it because she just wants to be normal. Another good good line from one of the aunts in that scene too is like, uh, "Being normal is not necessarily a virtue." Rather, denotes a last lack of courage, which I kind of yeah. like that too. So I mean, that's a, a it's a very small element, but I definitely see it too. It's like it's very much the movie is about just accepting who you really are, like no matter what other people think of you or mm-hmm. allowing people to see that you know who you are isn't really that bad if you actually get to know the person sure <laughs> whatever kind of and preconceived notions you have about people is 
can right. be totally wrong when you actually get to know somebody. Yeah. Because they have absolutely. all these like terrible thoughts about them and they, they just think they're like, it's like their house, even though it's like beautiful and the the women are actually very friendly to the people in town or they kind of try to be, mm-hmm. you know, just the their reputation and what they've been known as for like literally hundreds of years is that they're witches and, you know, their house yeah. is basically like the haunted house of the town. And like that woman at the end says like, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I've wanted to see inside your house. Like, cause it was the, yeah. the haunted house of the place. And, um, there's, there's a so, lot more of this in the book that I remember too. Like the, uh, the way that the aunts help like the women in town with, uh, probably the way that they make money, <laughs> sure. you know, is when that one woman comes over, you know, to do like a love spell or something sure. on somebody mm-hmm. that she's in love with. And that's something that they do a lot more that they don't show as much. Yeah. There, there's some, I mean, at the end here, it's like, besides wanting to see the inside of your house, there's not a lot of explanation as to why these people show up if they can't stand because, them so much. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, because that's weird, another I thing that I, I like about this. Uh, even though it feels kind of, I don't know why, but it feels kind of weird to say that I, I do kind of love this as a woman movie as like a female empowerment you know women coming together like i said before like women coming together and staying together to support each other through anything Mm -hmm. that they're going through no matter what that's kind of that's a that's a big thing that um i get from this movie you get it from of course from the sisters but i also that's a a big part of why I, i love that whole like ending sequence too because it's all those women that they've heard that Jillian is in trouble because of this guy that, you know, they, they say that it, she could just got out of a very bad relationship and the guy won't leave her alone. And, you know, right. I'm really saying that she's right. possessed mm-hmm. by the guy. But I mean, it's just it's coming together. You know, sometimes no matter your differences, because you have that that common bond as women too that you can yep. kind of understand on a different level. That's what yeah. I, I like about that. They they sort of form their own little little coven at the end, and you can see them actually talking to each other and getting to know mm-hmm. each other before they before they do that too. I love that scene. Yeah, I love I how that comes the, together at the end. By the end, it comes. It sort of becomes sort of a two way street there. You know where mm-hmm. where the the witches are are no longer like hiding, yeah. and the community has sort of accepted them. Um, exactly. And yeah. They they all they the all whole, gather, like, gather at their house yeah. on Halloween and watch them jump off the roof and fly to the ground, uh, like Mary uh-huh. Poppins with umbrellas, you know. And they're wearing sure. you know striped socks like the Wicked Witch of the East, and um, yes. it, it's just sort of it's sort <laughs> of a funny. And they're wearing you know the black and the pointed hats like you know right. that sort of traditional look. That's the one Halloween sequence in the whole movie. Is is and it's yes. that. It's very brief because I, I think he says earlier in the movie, "This is like, uh, this is the confession." When he's tape recording the, this is the he confession of March. Sally yeah. Owens, and this is March. You know, it's like because the movie doesn't feel like March. I mean, in for the Northwest, I guess it does, but it, it feels very fall. There's a very fall. Uh-huh. Feel yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, um, which is which is neat. And I, I like that. It's kind of like what I get from Hocus Pocus, too. It kind of yeah. has that, like, New England town with, like, all those old buildings and old houses. It does. Like, shit it, from the 1800s, you mm-hmm. know? That's what it, that's the kind of vibe I get from it. At first, I thought this was, like, a Salem-based movie because it just had that kind of look. But San Juan is an older <laughs> sort of community. <laughs> that's, where so. it, that's where it was shot, but it does take mm-hmm. place in New England. I know. Yeah. I know. Technically. I know. <laughs> 
the ins the inside of the house was like a set though because uh, yeah there's uh, there's no way you could find a house like that had all those elements about it that they wanted you know to include yeah more house porn my god uh to every little room in that house i, I love so much it's like <laughs> if i wanted to if i ever could have the money to build a house i would build that house <laughs> for sure a lot of stairs mm-hmm. though yeah that's the only thing maybe stay out no, of that tower of room because that's a lot of stairs to get up there <laughs> When you get older, <laughs> that'd be a little sure. much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So I don't know. That's that's practical magic. I lo- I love that yeah. movie. It just it's it's yes, it's a little goofy and some of it doesn't make sense, but it's it, the, the that core thing that I I really relate to still works for for me after all these years, and it's kind of gives me like the warm fuzzies. It's it's one of those like yeah. familiar comfort movies too that yeah stayed with me for all these years and. I love it. It brings me happiness and joy. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm glad okay. you liked it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like it. I, I mean, it's it's probably not one I watch all the time, but I I mean, I'd throw it on for kicks and, and to see Nicole Kidman as a redhead. Um, yes. God. So anyway, my choice. Okay. So E.T. Now, this when you talk about E.T., I mean, I, I think... I, there's so many things I could talk about, but I, I think I, I just, I definitely don't want to go plot point with this one because it's too familiar, I think, to a lot of people. <laughs> it wasn't to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things I, there are a few things that have been getting in my craw about this movie too, just like people's, what people say about it. So I'll probably bring up that a little bit. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not you. I mean, just just some things I've been hearing lately. But um, this might be. I have my little ET uh, stuff <laughs> stuffed so guy with me, and I keep showing it to Michelle, and she keeps on <laughs> going. All right, now take him away. Because okay, that was that was my thing with this mm-hmm. movie. Is it's one that we owned. Yeah. I remember we had this movie, but it was for some reason this was one that I did not really connect with a whole lot. I didn't really watch it. I think it was because I was a little bit scared of ET. Mm-hmm. And so and and now watching That's a it again. Reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Watching it again, I, I can see how, how I thought that because the whole like beginning of the movie is absolutely shot like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be <laughs> all scary. The, all the fog and stuff. There's so much mm-hmm. fog in this movie. And that's and... part of the Halloween vibe of it, too. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. I, as I, okay, so th- as I was going to say, I, this might be the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Uh, I'm not cool. positive about that, but it, but it might be. And I know that we saw it probably once in the summer of 82, but then I went, my dad took me to see it just he, he and I like in 1983 sometime uh, because this movie played forever <laughs> and then they like <laughs> did a re-release of it. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it was back in the days of re-release and stuff like that. I remember seeing, going to see it with my dad in 1983 my dad and I have seen only a few movies together, just the two of us, and I remember every single one of them. We saw E.T., okay. we saw Home Alone, we saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, and we saw <laughs> Hannibal. Uh, and we've choices. not not gone to see another one together <laughs> since Hannibal. My, <laughs> uh, was Hannibal uh, that bad? <laughs> I fun. don't personally like Hannibal. It's fun. But I understand why people do, I guess, but I didn't like it. My dad thought it was hilarious. <laughs> the part, the, the brain eating sequence he thought was so yeah. funny. Um, but 
anyway, the, it's just it's just weird things. Um, w- one of those weird things that I remember is that I've seen just this handful of movies where it's just been he and I at the theater together, and that's it's it was just unusual. Uh, so E.T. was the first. So there's, I'll admit to having a sentimental connection to this movie. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But the thing is, every time I see it, I am more in awe of how this movie's made. It is just so impeccably paced and shot. And, mm-hmm. you know, every single choice that seems to be made in this movie is just like the right choice to me. And for me, okay, I heard someone say, frankly, people hate that a lot of people hate this movie. And and here's and I think the reason why people hate this movie is because it was so successful. I think that's the only reason they can give because um, because of its success, they say, at least the thing in Blade Runner flopped. (laughs) And I'm not sure that's okay. I'm not sure that's true. I don't think, I mean, The Thing and Blade Runner are both brilliant movies. They're films that are artistic and thought-provoking, and they're all of those things, right? Says E.T. But, but, exactly. But, But those other movies were not what audiences wanted to see at that time. I think audiences were tired. They wanted the Kids on Bikes movie. The Kids on Bikes movie. And here's the thing. This person said E.T. is like the Avatar of 1982. It has had no impact on uh, movie history since since it came what? out. And I'm like, have you what? seen Stranger Things? Have you seen all this fucking 1980s nostalgia <laughs> movies? Have you this this movie? The whole idea of the Amblin movie began with E. T. It did not. What the fuck is the Amblin logo? (laughs) Yeah, it did not. The Amblin thing did not start with Steven Spielberg's earlier movies. Even Amblin is not an Amblin film. (laughs) I mean, Amblin the short film that he made. Anyway, um, no, that is. But but I mean, but I mean, Jaws is like an Altman film. Watch Jaws; it's great. It's like an Altman film, though. Okay. Mm Close Encounters of the Third Kind is is not what you think of at all when you think of this I sort of... I have not seen that yet. I think it's a great film. I love... I really like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but it's not It's not what you think of when you think of a Steven Spielberg movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Love Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not an... It doesn't have love that, that Am- Amblin Hayes feel. Right. At all. You know? Those are great movies. Steven Spielberg made great movies before E.T. He made his first Steven Spielberg movie with E.T. E.T., in my yeah, opinion. I would say so. You know, and I think this movie is, it's actually, it's my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. It is so personal. Yes, I mean, it's all that sentimental stuff that you think of when you think of Spielberg is here. But good God, no one's ever done it better than that. Right, but it's good and it's effective yeah. and it works. So who gives yeah. a fuck? <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel, I mean, because I mean, I've I heard it's a perfectly fine movie, but you know, and I'm just kind of like, you just sound pissed off because it made money and the thing didn't. You know, the thing is a great movie. The thing has made its money over time. Okay, mm-hmm. I like the thing. E.T. made its money instantly. Yes, but I think I'm just tired of this automatic hatred. Of the movie because it was such a big success. 
you see the same kind of backlash against Avatar and Titanic even. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just watch the movie, <laughs> you know? It's actually um, a good movie when you watch yeah. it. <laughs> Sorry. And here's what, Sorry here's I, what I think is so, it's not just a, it's not just a, a, a friendly alien movie either. Because I mean, even think of like Starman. No, but uh, E.T. was scary. <laughs> think, but if you think of like Starman, that is definitely affected by E.T. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah. uh, even if even if in the fact that John Carpenter said, hell, I can make a friendly alien movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if if nothing else, you know, his his anger at uh, the thing being sort of because E.T. Okay, I'll take it one of your actresses for it too, Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> let's face it. Let's face it. E.T. obliterated everything else that was coming sure. out at that time. And, you know. Maybe there wasn't room for a Blade Runner or a thing at the time, unfortunately. That's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. I mean, the same thing happened to Sorcerer with Star Wars. So, I mean, but at the same time, E.T. came out two weeks after Poltergeist and Poltergeist continued to make money. So, you know. Just because something as popular does not mean that it's bad. Yeah. (laughs) Does that mean that or does not mean that it's not deserving of the praise that people give it or reasons why people love it or are drawn to it? You know, I hate that argument. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, nostalgia either. Yeah. Like. You only like this because of nostalgia. It's like, no, actually, when I watch it, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. And since I didn't quite like it, it wasn't one that I really grew up with a lot. It, I definitely don't have nostalgic feelings for it. But watching it again after 20 plus years, I'm not having seen it. Yeah, it still works because that's a good movie. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think this I, I legit think this movie is is a is a masterpiece. There are several reasons for that. I mean, it's sort of couched in this alien movie, right? This science fiction mm-hmm. story. But that's not really what this movie is. I mean, this movie is about a family trying to cope with the fact that their father has left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mother dealing with the and fact what? that her husband e. just walked out on them. What does E.T. represent to that? How how E.T. brings the family back together is basically what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Steven Spielberg's coming to terms with the divorce of his parents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he fully admits it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and this is a deeply personal movie. I mean, people talk about, oh, he didn't make a serious movie till Schindler's List. Oh, no. Come on. That is ridiculous. This is him like literally putting himself in the position of the children because the yeah. movie is from a child's perspective. It's all the adults are shot from, shot view. from mm-hmm. the waist down or not mm-hmm. all of them, but not the mother, but mo- yeah. the, the keys and all those kind of guys are all like uh, shot from the waist. It's definitely he said something like Close Encounters was from the adult's perspective and E.T. is from the kid's perspective. And that's yeah. absolutely what it feels like. And it feels like he's putting himself in that children's mindset like trying to deal yeah and with that that divorce issue that he had to deal with when he was a kid and ironically uh, and spielberg has even said this even though et is from the child's point of view it's a much more mature film than close encounters of the third kind is because in that movie in close encounters of the third kind the adult you know he meets these aliens and he goes off in the ship with them at the end Thanks and he leaves, <laughs> he leaves his, but no, it's, it's okay. Fair enough. He, he, but he leaves his family behind. He, ab- 
abandons his wife and children. And it's shown as a heroic moment that he goes off. And here's the thing. Elliot doesn't do that. Oh. You know, El- Elliot says, you know, E.T. says says to him at the end, come. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah. stay. Stay. I, ha- I have yeah. to stay. It's a so much more mature response. You yep. know? It's like you want to go off on the adventure with the alien, but you know you need to stay. You are supposed to be where you're supposed to be. E.T.'s supposed to go off and be with his family because he can't be separated from them. There are these empathic beings that by yeah. being separated from one another, they grow ill. Yeah. That's that's what happens with, with him. As I've only really discovered over, I always thought, does E.T. like die because of spending the night out in the cold on Halloween? No, not really. It's because he's separated from from his people. Yeah. And I think that, that, was that is... El- that was an element that I totally forgot about. That yeah. Elliot, that Elliot and E.T. had that connection too and that they both yeah. got sick at the same time. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. So, okay. So some of the things that I thought about, why does this have to be a Halloween movie? And I was thinking about it. I think it really does have to be a Halloween movie because that's what the movie's about. It's about fear. Okay, I think I think at first what you have is both E.T. being left behind. Why does he get left behind? Because he's freaked out. Sad moment. Yeah, he's freaked (laughs) out by these people that are showing up and and trying to take and the 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 rest of his family escapes. um, Mm. But he gets stuck and he's he's scared. I mean, that's what it comes down mm-hmm. to. And, and he, he happens to find his way into this little shed where he can hide out and try and figure out what's going on. And what's everyone's first reaction? What is the kid's first reaction in every case? Elliot's first reaction is to freak out, right? Uh. Because he sees th- that scene in the cornfield is so great, right? Well, I mean, first of all, he is before that when he's when he steps on the pizza and all that but then eh. he goes out later and he tries to find the um he has the flashlight and he goes in, and it's so misty and foggy which is shot like you said it's shot like a horror movie that's what i'm saying <laughs> the flashlights all have the beams of light coming out yeah. of them and he goes in and this really scared me as a kid that part where where he, they see him in the cornfield and and he E.T. E. just gets scared, you know, and he's and he's mm-hmm. like he's kind of screams the, at him. <laughs> the part yeah. that got okay, so this time that I watched it, I wasn't really feeling that obviously because I'm I am more mature now. Right. I'm an adult. I'm not right. gonna be scared of E.T. But I can see those elements like that where how that worked on me when I was a kid because mm-hmm. it's yeah, it is very much shot like a horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. At the beginning, at least, like all the fog, and when you just like see little parts of uh, of yeah. ET, like the little the little fingers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and especially the scene, like I, like I said, I hadn't seen it in twenty plus years, but you know, all those moments were like coming back to me as I was watching it. The scene where um, Elliot's like like sitting out um, at night in front of yeah. the shed, mm-hmm. and then ET comes like waddling towards him a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that freaked me out. Something else I was thinking of too. I just have to say this is that I think um, because this time when I watched ET, okay, I went out. I just bought it because the Blu-ray was only like eight dollars, right? Sure. So I watched it on a really nice looking like Blu-ray picture quality, excellent. And as opposed to when I was a kid watching this, 
it was one of those movies that we had taped off of TV. So it was like sure. that second generation quality mm-hmm. of film too. I think that also may have contributed to, to why it yeah. scared me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when I think about it, like a lot of movies that I watched back, like even Ghostbusters was the same way. Yeah. Like maybe that's why, maybe the quality of like how I was watching it was another reason why it kind of affected me in that way. Because when you watch it, when I watch it now, like I definitely, I saw so much more of the humor uh, this time mm-hmm. when before like all I could concentrate was <laughs> that squashy there's little so scary alien funny in this yeah this was, uh, when at the Halloween scene when he's got the, the fake knife through his head and he's, he's just like he ouch, just tried to heal ouch. Yeah, he's I trying to heal that. it <laughs> it's so and fucking cute <laughs> there, there are so many things okay so like I said okay but we'll, we'll probably focus on the Halloween sequence um, in, in just I love that whole thing okay but but i love the 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 way this rolls i didn't really notice things that are sort of subtly indicating that it's halloween throughout the movie until i saw this in imax like a month ago and so we're watching this and i was like oh they they have their halloween decorations on the door oh while she's reading to gertie there's a jack-o'-lantern up on the outside the door um all these different little things then of course you have things like oh my gosh the Reese's Pieces I mean candy obviously is such an important sure. part of Halloween you know and originally they were going to be M&M's M&M's was like oh yes. yeah we're not going to loan our yes. thing to a stupid little alien <laughs> movie so that. guess who got that, the yeah. last laugh on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, but uh, the, the, M- the Reese's Pieces stuff is all you know, a key part. But then I love also like when Gertie <laughs> gets Drew Barrymore, you know, she's what, five in this. And she yeah. is magnetic as yeah. the as Gertie. And she's she's so funny, but she's so honestly childlike, you know, yeah. I mean, it feels there's nothing about her performance that feels contrived at any point. And kid actor performances usually drive me crazy. But in this the, the, your three leads, at least, you know, uh-huh. um, Henry Thomas, uh, Drew Barrymore and Robert McNaughton as um, sort of the low key MVP of this movie. Michael. Michael. Are, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I saw that, too. Are so great. That was another thing. You watch this movie. It's like, oh, my gosh, these are like feel like real kids. Mm-hmm. That you whole know? scene in the beginning with them playing like D&D or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and Elliot's trying to like. Mm-hmm. yeah that's all that feels absolutely real so real you know and i like the friends too there's one shot that i don't like is when one of the kids is like there's a close-up on him towards the end and he like closes his eyes and it's really like <laughs> freaking out you know i i that's the one shot in this movie that makes uh-huh. me crazy every time i watch it but um but otherwise it's like perfect to me those performances the girl with no name the girl, the girl with no, with no name. name that oh i love erica alenic too yeah, she's like a Playboy from, playmate. From Baywatch. <laughs> she was on Baywatch. And she I was went like, on to be on Baywatch. Face... Yeah. yeah, I was like, why yeah. does her face look familiar? That little girl. Yeah. I was like, that's Erica Alenic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I totally remember and, her. She's and all that is, some of that stuff is so so weird. You know, like that whole sequence that takes place yes. at school. The, the it's like it, But the thing is, it's thematically, it makes sense because he's learning empathy. Yes. I, I never got you that know, before. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all about the the empathy that that they are experienced between the two of them because it starts out as this fear, uh, you know, and then like I said, was going to say Gertie, you know, the first thing she does with ET is dress him up like a girl, 
Right. <laughs> you know, which I think Not the you know, doll. Is, she just looks yeah, like a little Barbie doll. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's like this costume thing. So you have another Halloween element okay. going yeah. on. Um, they're asking, you know, what are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to be a cowgirl. I want to be a cowgirl. Like, what else is new? You know, and but I mean, I love the, her performance because, I mean, she's sitting there. She's like scratching her face while she's giving her lines yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> I, it's it's just so, I mean, I love Drew Barrymore. But I think. Oh, I, I adore her. One of the, I think this might be my favorite performance of hers. I mean, it sounds stupid, <laughs> but she's just so good in this movie. She's very funny too. She's yeah. She's it so might just funny. be her natural thing, but that uh, part yeah. where um, are they? Gone? She's got. She's with no. She's with ET in the living room, and her mom and the mom comes in with the groceries and can't yeah. see him. Uh-huh. And she she I hits him with you. the refrigerator. I think you killed it. <laughs> Yeah, the way she delivers that line is like so like <laughs> deadpan and perfect. <laughs> like she's pretty talented for that age. He's like, <laughs> or that could like, just I, be like her natural way of talking. He's the man from the works. moon, but I think you killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're just jumping all over the place. I like okay. I said, I think it's I think it's just because this movie is so familiar. I think people know the beats of this movie if they've seen it. But then intermixed with all of this. Is this whole thing, you know, he's in Mexico with Sally, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just brings up where his dad is. And and Michael gets so mad. It's like, why don't, why don't you think of other people for a change? Those and are the two the, scenes that yeah. really stood out to me this time. Yeah. It was yeah. that scene at the table. And, and then the scene when, in the garage. when they find his dad, their dad's shirt. The, the shirt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old Spice. No. Seabreeze. Seabreeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that scene at the dinner, that's one of the best scenes, though. And that. I think that really shows, like you said, Michael being the MVP. I, I saw that too, because mm-hmm. what I really liked about his character this time, I kind of remembered him as being like kind of the stereotypical, like older brother in a way, uh-huh. like not really believing the kids or something. I don't know. I had this like totally different memory mm-hmm. of what his character actually is. Like he's very much like, even though his siblings are, are way younger than him, like he's still very much connected and protective of them probably because of the, the he's divorce having thing. to stand in. He has to be the exactly now. And, he and knows he's so it. good with that. He's, He's yeah. so good about that, about and being protective of the mother too. Like that scene, where, yeah, yeah. Where he gets mad at Elliot for that, like clearly upsetting her because they're doing the kid thing. And it was like she just wants help around the house. She's like, you know, it's your what you one of you guys needs to clear. And they're like, oh, I did it last time. Oh, I did it. And she's no, like, can you can you just help me? Is <laughs> what you know. She yeah. basically wants to scream at them. You know. Yeah, that's and right. So and so Michael, yeah, yeah steps I'm- in as kind of the adult and the protector of her mm-hmm. and given Elliot the the truth about he's being a little shit. Yeah. That's right. And he has a couple of moments in this that are just sort of solitary moments that are really telling because the the day that they go to school and they know that ET's being mm-hmm. left home alone. So the day after Elliot pretends to be sick and stays home mm-hmm. and shows ET all the stuff. So the day th- that he gets drunk, that ET gets drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but there, which is, that's a funny scene. That's, I still yeah. find that funny. It's, it's, it's wild. But, um, but they show Michael sitting on the bus and there's just this chaos all around him. And there's mm-hmm. just, you know, all these kids throwing airplanes and paper and hitting each other and screaming and stuff. And he's just sitting there with this look on his face 
that is just worry. Like what, what is going on? What's going to happen? What do we do? I don't know how to figure this out. Do we tell our mom? Do we not? You know, there's so many things clearly going on in his head at the same time while just all this madness is going on around him. And Mm -hmm. I I think that is just beautiful moment. Uh, Another one with him is towards the end is when, uh, when ET is, and Elliot are inside the tents and they're working on him and, and he, they show him sit down in the closet and just kind of hug himself. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh gosh. I get chills at that moment. And then, and then when he wakes up in the morning and he's fallen asleep and he sees the flowers dying and he's mm-hmm. just like, no, and, you know, and I he's mean, the that's... one that finds ET um, by the sewer. Yeah. That's great exactly. Thing. Yeah, he's, he's he he sort of scares the raccoon away, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he saves ET. That scene in the closet uh, so. too. That closet to me is like really representative of like the kids' world, kind of in a way. For yeah. one, it's a really it's like cool a closet. Womb. It's like yeah. a really cool closet for a kid to have. By the way, you know, you can it imagine is, them; they have a lot yeah. of fun. That's where it's that's like where a ET. Shared... And yeah. I had a friend who had a closet like that too, which was. I was like, cool. "Is that a real?" Yeah, I know. I was thinking though, yeah. like that's a weird thing. Like they share that closet. It's like I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, that's why. That's why I really liked that little moment with him too, because that felt like the the kids' world. That's where they go and they have their little secrets that are you know kept away from the grown ups. You know, that's because yeah. that's where that's where they they hide ET and everything, yeah. and that's him. And of course, going, that, that great moment <laughs> where he pretends he's a stuffed animal. And, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then when Mike, yeah, and Michael going back in there is like, that's, yeah, like that's, that's the womb. That's like a place of safety that he can go and escape for a minute. So that's, I really, yeah, yeah I really like that moment too with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, even this idea, you know, of, of fear and as you get a fear of the other, when you, something you don't understand at first, and then you start to connect with it, with that, whatever that I mean, let's say it's a person, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, obviously in this case it's an alien, but it's supposed to represent a person, an unfamiliar person, I think in mm-hmm. some ways, you know, and, and you, there's this bond that they develop because I mean, Gertie's first reaction was she, she screams, sure. you know, and they run into the <laughs> closet and E.T.'s running after going, ah! <laughs> I love that part. My son <laughs> loves that part. We actually, there were these, um, there, he he does that. He'll like walk into a room and just go ah, like ET with waving his arms in the <laughs> uh-huh. air. Um, we actually at at Lowe's there were these skeletons. It is Halloween time. Their decorations uh-huh. they had, um, and the legs were like all folded up, and so they looked uh-huh. like ET's feet, and the and the arms were free. So we put their arms up in the air like this, <laughs> like that. <laughs> We're such dorks. Anyway, um, so if you if you're at a if you're at a local Lowe's and you see uh, those skeletons with their feet folded up and their arms in the air, that was my son and I. Um, but anyway, there's that's just that connection, the empathy that develops. Because um, I mean, uh, Michael's first reaction is just sort of like, uh, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't even touch ET till the end. In that very last moment, he just sort of in in wonder, just sort of. Well, reaches. he holds his hand. Right, they, that, they hold yeah. hands. Oh, that's right. That's right on the Halloween. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. But there's kind of a. It's it's interesting, you know, how this develops over time, and you know, there's the Peter Pan theme, of course, you know, mm-hmm. that comes in, where the part where the fairy fairy dies or 
Tinkerbell dies. Do you believe in fairies? Yeah, I believe in fairies. So, you know, they clap your hands and it brings the fairy to life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of reflected in the ending because Elliot says when he's talking to the dead, what he, you know, the corpse of E.T. says, you know, I believe in you and I'll believe Uh in you every day. I mean, it's it's and and here's the thing. Obviously, another metaphor that E.T. is is it's a Christ figure. I mean, it's uh, E.T. comes to Earth. He heals wounds. He dies. He resurrects and he goes back into the heavens. Right. I mean, <laughs> okay. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this this is and and Steven Spielberg has even said. I remember hearing him say, "It's like, boy, for a good Jewish boy, I sure have a lot of Christ figures in my movies." <laughs> um, <laughs> and he does. And, and E. T. is probably the most prominent one. Uh, Oscar Schindler is another. Uh, there things like that. You know. So it's it's a fascinating thing. Um, but I mean, then of course the Halloween scene. I, this is kind of why we're here, right? To talk okay. about the Halloween scene. So their whole plan is to take ET out, get out ET out into the woods, so he can build his radar device, communication to, device. Yeah, yeah. ET's phone home. That whole thing. Um, I love that Gertie is, that is the one that teaches movie? him to talk. I yeah. know. <laughs> you know, I, it's so it's cute, and she's she's you know, but he's obviously intelligent already. He's figuring yes. this stuff out. He he's he's, he's learning out from that that beacon spell yeah. m- machine yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and from watching yeah. movies. How do you explain school to higher intelligence? That's a, that's a good <laughs> one too. Um, I did. But, there was a lot more of the humor with like ET's voice yeah. in this too that I I, I didn't remember <laughs> as much. He's so yeah. he just he sounds very cute, yeah, especially when he uh, especially when he wakes up when he's resurrected, and he's just yeah. ET phone home, ET phone home, ET phone home, ET phone home. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny, and the whole ouch thing. I love it. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> but yeah, that moment where he cuts himself on the saw blade and he discovers that, oh my gosh, he can heal too. I mean, that's a moment. Uh, that's yeah. a great moment. Another great moment. Uh, well, there's, uh, uh, okay. Beginning of the Halloween scene, I think is so entertaining because you've got Gertie, you know, dressed up as her cowgirl, but she's like, remember, you're going to be a ghost, right? And and so they dress up E.T. as the ghost and put on the clown shoes and everything. It's like, and but then you can hear Michael and her mom. Oh, that's another thing. Earlier is Gertie just out of the blue calls mom Mary. Mary, Michael does too, or yeah, Elliot. So just, yeah, no, just, Michael does. Just, yeah, okay, just calls her Mary, and it's just like it's it's one of those too. random things. It's one of those <laughs> random things, but I think um, it's it's one of those things where like the older you need to give the character it. a name. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, the old it's something that the older sibling does that the younger yeah. one will kind of emulate. Which I, sure. Yeah, they don't they don't explain why uh, he calls her by her first name. No, no. <laughs> That's another thing. I think it's just it's Michael is in a weird position himself like kind of in between you know being a kid and being a grown-up or having to be you know for the for his family yeah which makes me think i i I never appreciated michael as much as i have in the last couple viewings of this you know um because you know he's just so important (laughs) i mean i always thought oh michael the older brother it's like he's like key to he is (laughs) like the key to the whole movie in a lot of ways um 
that that a moment whole... of happiness for for Dee yeah, Wallace. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, but but you know, before she's in that, her little get, cat outfit, and she gets to be like, excited. Ah. And, and they're, they're just looking at her like, yeah. <laughs> I, I find that so funny. Which they're. they're <laughs> I want. Was it like? Was it like young boys looking at their mom and being like, "Our mom's hot." Is, is, is Weird, because she? <laughs> she's wearing like a skin tight. Yeah, cat it's thing, like you know. So I was wondering if they were like a little. Embarrassed I think that's what's going that, on. But 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 the <laughs> like, I'm sorry, your mom's hot. Deal with it. <laughs> I like that whole thing with with Michael and 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 Mary having the fight off screen, where it's just so you are not going to get four blocks dressed like that. It's like, come on, all the guys are doing. You're, I'm sorry, you're not going to go dressed as a terror wrist it's like <laughs> what <laughs> so um it's it's a very it's a yeah i don't know if you could get away with that in uh, 2022 but uh, in 1982 it was just sort of like a very strange thing but um the whole thing with you know trying to heal his knife wound and the taking the picture and he falls over when the flash goes off and and i love the part where where they where she goes, oh, you look great. And they go, thank you, thank you. And then he goes, thank you. The ET thank goes, you. thank you. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then they go out. I, this, this is a part that I always thought was so funny. When they're out on the driveway and she says, oh, you kids have a good time. And and it's like, we will. And, and ET kind of stops and looks back and doesn't see that the boys have kept walking. It kind of goes, <laughs> it's like come on gertie come on gertie yeah. so funny but a uh, poor gertie they show her up on the side she of can't the, go trick-or-treating what she the can't hell? go trick-or-treating she's dressed as, as a ghost over cowgirl outfit up on yeah. who knows where by the bikes watching the bikes oh man the lookout um, they're a little meeting spot yeah. at the lookout yeah um but the trick-or-treating scene is funny because you know you see all of the different crazy costumes and of course the yoda thing There's a yoda. which is which is home home i mean that is that has developed a whole <laughs> like bunch of controversies about the whole star wars thing it's like you mean that et and the star wars universe exist in the same ge- it's like shut what? up it's no, just the, a movie the- the joke it's is that Yoda kind of is like kind of wrinkly yeah. and looks like yeah. E.T. That's the Oh, my God. That's, people are dumb. Yeah, I know. People <laughs> got way too into that. Because another thing that happened was um, in The Phantom Menace, there are they show a bunch of different aliens from this in the Senate in that movie. And one of them is uh, three E.T. creatures <laughs> are, are in the Senate in in star wars episode one and it's like come on people it's just a joke it's a (laughs) easter egg funny you know george lucas and steven spielberg are friends did you know that anyway (laughs) they put jokes in each other's movies i know i thought that that would be another reason why you kind of like this too is that there's a lot of star wars talk like when he's there there are the little little toys and michael imitates yoda at one point yoda you have absolute power yes yeah all that i (laughs) mean it's um the thing is it was that for me when i was a kid that was actually big element Mm. of it um that i that i enjoyed but Still, you know, Elliot dressed as the hunchback on that bike and the bike takes off into the mist. I still get chills the moment it goes off the cliff and and flies every single time uh, that the the score. I mean, you cannot deny that this is a great score. I actually 
personally, I think this is actually John Williams' best score. I think it's his most musically intricate. I think it has sort of the sweep of the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars scores, uh, Jurassic Park, whatever. It has all that. But musically, it's actually a really intricate score, too. And it has so many moods and it it doesn't lay on the gush too much unless it has to, you know. It's and in just some, gushy some, enough. Some, yeah. some, some moments it does. I mean, the ending, but hey, that works for me. You Absolutely. know, when, I mean, what are you going to do? Just be completely unsentimental in that moment? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not going to work. Um <laughs> But, it's one of those scores yeah. where you immediately know, even if you don't know maybe movies or something, it kind of seems like it's one of those instantly recognizable by a lot of people as like, oh, that's from E.T., you know? Yeah. Kind of the same thing with Jurassic Park. You know, people know yeah, the yeah. Jurassic Park music. They know the E.T. Wow. music. John Williams just has a knack for it. I know he's a, oh, yeah. I think he's officially <laughs> retired now, now that he's, what, 93? Um, wow. I think he's officially retired, but uh, the guy just knew how to write the where to put the notes I, th- that's what it comes down to he could bring the tears yeah <laughs> too <laughs> he could absolutely he could and he was he remained experimental uh in the different kinds of things he would do throughout time but and he also drew from the past i mean that's that's definitely an an element of john williams is he drew from stuff that came before too um but then <laughs> probably my favorite part of the entire Halloween sequence is when D Wallace is sitting there putting out the candles mm-hmm. at the end there. She just goes and blows out the candles. Then she just sits on the stairs and she tries to put out the candle with her wand and she just mm-hmm. <laughs> hits it. I love that part. I do. And the thing is you can see that, you know, she's just worried. She's a worried mom. Of course she is. Her kids are all she has left, you know, too. Yeah. And that's they're not home yet. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's that moment of worry. Um, also, I see a lot of loneliness in that too. Oh gosh, she's so lonely. Uh-huh. She's so hurt. I mean, she because I mean, she's like, "What did I do?" Y- y- oh, you yeah. get that sense with her still at this point. She hasn't accepted the fact that you know her ex husband is just kind of a jerk to do this. Yeah. You know, oh, the line that she has when she's crying and saying he hates Mexico. He, he hates Mexico. That's like the her best line reading. Because you can yeah. see everything that she's feeling in that. Yeah. Yeah. What did I do? Like, why Why did you leave me to go do this thing I that mean, you hate, supposedly? Yeah. It's like, am I not, am I not, was I, am I not, not good attractive enough, enough yeah. anymore? Or am I not, yeah. That's, that's, it's so, it's amazing. I mean, she went from the howling to this. <laughs> uh, apparently it was, it might have even been The Hills Have Eyes that got her in Spielberg's radar. Uh, I love Dee Wallace. I think she I is. Too one of the most underrated actors. I mean, she she sort of ended up doing mostly genre films. I think Stephen King has said, you know, she delivers the best performance in any adaptation of any of my movies in Cujo. Oh, yeah. She's amazing and, in Cujo. Yeah, Absolutely. she's incredible in Cujo. I think she's great in The Hills Have Eyes. I mean, and that yeah. was one of her first movies. Uh, I love her in The Howling. Uh, and here, I think, even though her part is small, I mean... What she's doing with she's, every moment she has. You haven't seen it yet, have you? She's great in The Frighteners, too. She's doing something like totally different. I've not seen Frighteners all the way through. I've seen part of it. I haven't seen it all. I love that movie. But yeah. 
Yeah. Also, a little bit of a flex. She's also like the sweetest person in real life, too. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I've heard. At a convention. Yeah. She is fucking like, oh, my God. I fell in love with her <laughs> even more. Yeah. I've, I've heard nothing but wonderful things she's about her. I know she's, she's kind of one of everybody. And now she's kind of in uh, Rob Zombie's troupe, yeah. <laughs> you know, which yeah. is interesting. Uh, I, which, you know, hey, I, I, I love that she's still getting work. But. I think the scariest elements of this movie actually start on Halloween night when we have the agents invade their house. Um, they do it under under sort of after everyone's gone on Halloween night, but the next day when they show up and they just invade the house, that is terrifying to me. And you see E.T. laying there in the bathroom. The kids are all gathered around. Uh, Mary comes in and is like, oh, that's that's great. That's great. That's great. And then, then she realizes that, it, that it's real. And she just, again, it's, it's that fear. It's that terror of what is this thing? You know, is it going to hurt my kids? Is it going to hurt my family? Is it, Which, what's it going to do? Of course, do? that's where her head's at at first. Yeah. Yeah. She has a great moment. Well, I'm just saying like, yeah, when all well, the guy's, come in and they're wearing the spacesuits. <laughs> yes, she yeah. has the, she has a great moment when she says this is my home. This is my home. Too. Yeah, this is my mm-hmm. home, you know, and 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 I love that ET's response when he sees the spacesuited man is home, you know? I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like uh, it's a really interesting moment. And just that that moment always scared me so much. And one of the things about all of this ending is uh, still, all the adults are faceless except for Keys and Mom. Mm-hmm. You know, until uh, and, well, and until Keys that doesn't scene. even have a name. Keys is his is Peter Coyote's character's name. Yeah. for this movie, he's never given a name. He's only and ever seen because of the keys that are on his belt keys. loop. Yeah, yeah. Even when they do show him, he's in the close up. He's got Elliot across his face. You know, in like reflected in his mask. I, I think that all, having all the all the adults, mostly at least, masked or obscured until a very key moment is yeah. so profound. Uh, you never see like like the science teacher. You never see him. Mm-hmm. Um, you you never see really any other adult until the moment ET dies. After ET dies, and they all take off their masks, it's like they've yeah. all. Become, That's a big moment, yeah. It's like they've all become children. It's like they've all finally understood mm-hmm. that this had real meaning and that, and that like this was I, I I don't mean to bring it theology all the time, but but becoming like a child, a, a yeah. childlike faith in this Oh, that's absolutely this, what this is, you know. And I think there's also it, it, it sort of equates that also to Tinkerbell and the fairy and stuff. Believing in something yeah. that's yeah. Un- that's seemingly unbelievable, even though it's right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. What I kind of liked about it this time too, uh, another like weird memory that I had, maybe because of that scene where they invade the house, was that it, it's always a. a a thing in in these kind of movies where the government people are bad uh-huh. and they're yeah. coming in to destroy everything which i mean they they sort of are that's why elliot takes at first, ET at away least, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that's that's how they're presented at first because uh, the way that they're portray- on him that's what he yeah, says the way that, that yeah. they're the way that they're portrayed even in that first scene they're only you know they're seen all in silhouette or in darkness you know they're only shots 
you know, from the waist down. You have that those ominous yeah. keys, yeah, that makes it yeah. seem like this is a bad it's person. It's all about it's all about running tests and everything. Yeah, yeah, them driving, you know, through the neighborhood, listening in on all the you know houses, you know, mm-hmm. all the little all those little scenes that that pop up that where they're looking for ET, they're looking like they're keeping surveillance on the house where he is. And when they actually show up, like it, it is that that setup of like you know quarantine and you know stuff on the house, and yeah. but they're actually not bad people, is what I kind of liked about right. this too. Yeah, you know, they don't really true. they don't really mm-hmm. have bad intentions. Technically, they have scientific intentions, That's really, right. uh, especially but keys. I, um, yeah, um, yeah, he and, and I like has that, that line. Is- Go ahead. Go ahead. I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. He has that line about like, this is something that I've been looking for since I was 10 years old or something. Again, with that, you know, childlike, you know, wanting to get back to that childlike state of being able to believe in something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of, I liked that. I I liked that it wasn't like, you know, government people bad. Like they, they're not like, they're not bad people. They just, they didn't understand that, you know, E.T. could go back the go back home and they didn't have to they were going to keep him obviously and experiment on his body and all that kind of stuff obviously yes true but i mean they weren't like trying to hurt anybody (laughs) yeah and i ultimately really like that keys is sort of allowed to experience et going Mm -hmm. you know he he gets to have that moment where he he's able to see with his own eyes and believe you know I, i i like that about him I, I think he's a very empathetic character. Oh, yeah. And, of course, again, you have the actor in the role. When you have Peter Coyote in there, he's a little bit older than m- Mom. You know, I tend to call her Mom and not Mary because <laughs> right? that just seems more right somehow to call her Mom. Because that's because this movie being from Elliot and Gertie and Michael's perspective almost entirely is so important. And mm-hmm. she's mom. <laughs> she's mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just think, I, I think that having Coyote in the role is really a great masterstroke too. Cause he's kind of like Aiden Quinn. He's got those eyes that are really soft and yes. pleasant and, and, he has very and very sympathetic inviting. Face. Yeah. Very sympathetic face. He doesn't come across as someone to be feared. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really good. Another thing that I like that I, didn't think about till just now is is that the fact that Spielberg shot this in essentially in sequence so that the kids would have this experience of meeting E.T. being kind of weird but growing attached to him and to each other. For example, when they have the defibrillator on E.T. and it they shock him with the defibrillator and it cuts immediately to Drew Barrymore doing a jump yes. and just tears on her face. Yep totally real yep and the thing is as <laughs> <believe> kids <laughs> as a kid seeing that i felt exactly the same way i felt exactly the same way and mm. you know that that and those tears when when elliot is telling et goodbye after he's dead right when he's in the ice chest and he's saying you know i i want i'll, I'll believe in you every day and so again real real emotions that these kids are feeling. I mean, and you know, none of them have said that it was a negative experience. I mean, do you know what they, they all got hugs <laughs> yeah. from Spielberg who was very much a father figure on this movie. Yeah. He, he didn't have children of his own at the time, but I think this was one of the experiences that convinced him he should, <laughs> as I, as I, as I recall, <laughs> 
because he was very much had that sort of paternal instinct. I think he's a very, and you can tell because is there, is there a director in film history who's ever gotten better performances out of kids that young? I don't know that they're, you know, it's, it's really remarkable. And he hasn't done that as much in a long time. And you have to think about the work that goes into making a movie like this that is mostly mm-hmm. kids, that kids can't work that long. Yep. Just the, the, the time and the, the planning of putting this in and like not losing your shit as a director, like trying to get stuff done on time yep. when you have such, you know, limited you know, resources to work with, like, and that he still kept that feeling on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the sign of... A good director, <laughs> one that can yeah. get the best out of everybody. And I guess this this film actually shot over the real Halloween, and um, Steven Spielberg dressed up in costume that day. He <laughs> no. dre- he dressed he dressed as a woman, as a mother for for uh, uh, Halloween uh, on the set of this film, and 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 so it was just just kind of a of everything. Uh, Drew Barrymore is very glowing about her memories of of shooting the film as is uh, Henry Thomas. And I, I just think it's, I haven't heard, I mean, obviously it was hard work, you know, and I think the biggest response to um, people who try and claim that Steven Spielberg directed Poltergeist is to say he was on E.T. Okay. <laughs> think about everything that E.T. had to deal with. Because you mean you had a creature effect that barely worked. Uh, that was a struggle to get going. The amount of time it takes to do those kinds of effects is staggering. I I, I just don't think it's possible that he <laughs> would have been hands-on all the time on Poltergeist. I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. So, I mean, as a producer, Toby Hooper obviously, directed Poltergeist. Uh, Poltergeist was directed by Toby Hooper. That's becomes more clear to me the more I see it, you know. Yeah. And yes, the Amblin vibe is there in Poltergeist. Yes. Is there is there Spielberg influence? Definitely. Of yes. course. He wrote the <laughs> script. He's the producer of the film. He's got influence over the director. That is absolutely yes. true. And Industrial Light and Magic, you know, was part of that too. So I mean, you've got all of that stuff, all of those elements going into it. And frankly, I feel like Poltergeist is going on in one corner of this neighborhood while E.T. is going on in another corner of this neighborhood. It feels like <laughs> it's the same area. <laughs> Maybe. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So anyway, it's remarkable that this movie it turns out as well as it does with all of the things that obviously had to go into making it as well. And for me, the impact on this that I feel still, you know, 40 years after seeing it for the first time is it's probably hits me more emotionally now than it ever has. I, I mean, and I saw it, I saw it in the theater and it's 20 year anniversary as well, where they put back a bunch of scenes and they changed a bunch of visual effects to yeah. computer stuff. And, and it was fine, but to Spielberg's credit, he changed it back. He changed it back. He, he said, you know what? I'm just, we did pretty well the first time. Let's just leave it the way it was. Good on him. I, I wish his his buddy George would feel the same way about his movies. Um, but I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Probably everyone knew I was gonna say that. Oh, there's 
<laughs> but but I mean, okay, the, the the closing sequences. I mean, come on, that part where it's like <laughs> I've never driven forward before. I mean, that's a great <laughs> moment. Oh, the whole scene, you, yeah, the scene before when he's trying to back out of the driveway is yeah, just hilarious. <laughs> all, all everything in this movie is so important, and the and, kids on um, bikes getting together kids, to oh, fight yeah. against the grown-ups and ET in the back of, in the back of the van heart glowing dressed in white yeah <laughs> all that fog pouring out i mean that's a moment and then then of course oh, yeah. making them all fly in front of the sun and again i love the setting for this movie too like especially when they they've established before that they're in california so they um and then uh-huh. the forest there's like those giant redwoods yeah. i love that shot with um elliot and those there's like huge like hollowed out or burned like redwood mm-hmm. trees there's like one shot of that it's amazing so that yeah when they do like fly and they're flying over the trees like you realize like how high they are and like yeah. uh just that the feeling of freedom you know as a kid and yeah you know, again mag- magic I mean, too we all imagine coming I mean, into we, yeah we all imagine we were all like about flying, flying on our bikes yeah. yeah yeah absolutely i mean there's not a kid that, that in the 80s that didn't imagine they were flying on their bike i mean uh, come absolutely. on <laughs> um and that and the ending i mean i know it it probably it sometimes gets dinged for being so emotional I don't but give it's fuck. beautiful it works. Yeah. it's beautiful i mean you're saying if you're if you're saying goodbye to someone forever that you're never going to see again it's an emotional moment mm-hmm. okay and i think that they each each of the three kids gets their moment is really wonderful michael gets a thank you a well deserved one right you yes, know that the movie exactly. has never really given him. You know that I think I think that, and then he rescues ET. Come on, he yeah. Re- yeah, that's right. He's the hero of the movie. <laughs> but Gertie giving him the flowers is like getting the be good. Yeah, be good. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I will. And then the kiss on the nose is just adorable. I mean, yeah. that's the letterbox background for. If you go on Letterbox and you look up E.T., they have the poster, but the picture in the background is Gertie kissing E.T. on the nose, um, which is such a sweet little moment. And then, of course, you know, you have all the all the friends sort of hanging back and the parent and uh, uh, Mary and, and Keys sort of hanging back. But Elliot's like I was saying, I mean, just that maturity of this young boy to say, I have to stay and. The, the I mean I'm sorry the glow of the finger and the I'll be right here I I'm, I I know I get a little that made emotional. me tear up a little bit this time I, yeah yeah <laughs> and you know just just walking up and even the dog gets his moment Harvey gets the his dog. moment <laughs> you know chasing him up the you know and what's funny is I, okay I know there are some things like at the very beginning you see a fast et can run and here he just mm. takes forever getting up that because he's wild. <laughs> i know i know i know i know but who cares that's not important but i mean that moment where gosh where they show the great closing up and his neck mm-hmm. is elongating and his heart glowing and it's just and then it closes and and the music is swollen it goes dun 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 then as the iris is pulling in it just is the is the sort of mysterious theme that and it closes up and the spaceship lifting off and that just builds again and you have the rainbow and everything it's and that's the end of that shot of elliot just watching it go and it's elliot that's what it's about it's about elliot Mm -hmm. in the end 
and changed forever by this moment. Well, can we talk about the flowers too? I think that flower pot is very important. I saw them as I saw the flowers as just being representative of the family and of the characters, and especially because they they kind of change. But at the end, it's the two big yellow ones, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all the people I think that are that have been affected by ET in a way, like. Uh, this may sound a little off okay but i saw it as like it's two it's two big yellow flowers and it's like a little bit smaller pink one in the middle and then there's three Mm -hmm. three other little flowers down there um so i kind of saw it as like maybe the two big ones were like the adults like i think maybe keys and mary um with et in the middle and then like elliot and and gertie and harvey (laughs) maybe um like those that's who was represented but represented <laughs> that's who is represented by those flowers i can't fucking talk forget it <laughs> no i i uh, i think that and the way that the flowers are dying that. and that they bloom at the end you know it's it's the family that has been deteriorated by the divorce and everything and now that you know what does et, ET do he come, heals what does et he, he brings them back the to life flowers yeah, yeah. yes and then he takes them with them. You know, it's like you know he's holding them close. This, mm-hmm. no matter how far away he is, yeah. um, that's a piece of the family that ET can bring yeah. back with him. Yeah, yeah. Plus, this has one of my favorite insults of all time in it. <laughs> where Zero charisma? It's like or maybe, no, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a goblin or a leprechaun. It was nothing like that penis breath. Penis breath. <laughs> okay. Right. I don't know. I kind of like Elliot's zero charisma. <laughs> Sinus supremus, zero charisma. There's there's so much stuff in this from beginning to end that is just I, I and like I said from a, even from a filmmaking movie, this movie is technically masterful. I don't think you can you can't ding this movie on its cinematic prowess for sure. Mm. I mean, uh, if if you want to ding it on being sentimental and gushy and it's like whatever, I don't Never. care. You know, that's fine. But this movie is just a masterwork of of one of our great modern movie makers, you know. He knows how to make this was sort of this was his most successful movie for over a decade, the most successful movie of all time for over a decade. Uh, and, and that is just doesn't happen. This was the reigning champion for so long. And I, I think it's one of those rare moments where artistic success and financial success met. I really think that's true because it's just a, uh, I think it's a personal work of art in its own way too. It's an exciting movie, well-paced, funny, funny, charming, but it's got real deals with real stuff too. I mean, it's, it's dealing with death and life and uh, grief and in children, you know, and divorce and and kids dealing with all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some heavy stuff going on here and it's just handled in such a beautiful and honestly one of my favorite essays that Roger Ebert ever wrote was his great movies essay on this and he wrote it as a letter to his nephew and niece and it's just beautiful and I highly recommend uh, giving that a read if you haven't I think it's I think it might be in great movies one or two or it's on the website Ebert Roger Ebert.com you can find it I'm sure and I think that's one of the great strengths of this movie is it still works. Uh, my kids love this movie and they've seen it for years too. And the fact that they wanted to come see it now, again, now that they're teenagers was shocking to me. I didn't expect it. 
not only did they want to see it, but they walked out loving it again, just as much as I had. And they all made fun of me because I cried so much, <laughs> and, you know, which is fine. And it's just like, they'll cry when they watch it when they're 44 too. So <laughs> I cry more now with this movie than I ever have. I'm glad I got to yeah watch this again when I kind of grew up with it not really being one of those childhood staples like it is for everybody else and having memories of it where I was kind of scared and I maybe couldn't see what else it was doing. And so, but you know, it's one of those movies that is, you kind of get that like I knew that I was supposed to like E.T. I knew I was supposed to think he was cute, but I just couldn't back then. And it's one of those that's like invaded pop culture it's like you can see this movie probably without ever really seeing it just from like all pop culture stuff Mm -hmm. about it you know but actually sitting back and watching it again i'm very glad i got to so i'm glad you picked this one that i got to revisit it and really see what a good movie it was and what it was really doing and yeah it's a great choice for this i've actually wanted to talk about it for a while i think i've finally just come to terms with yeah this is my favorite spielberg movie Sure. I, i think i've just you know it was one of those things that I wasn't supposed to be able to admit for a long time. But Why? then I'm like, ah, screw all that. Who cares? I hate that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, this is a great Dirty film. Dirty Dancing is my favorite movie. Shut up. And this <laughs> yeah. is, yeah, yeah. This is a great film and deserves to be viewed on its own terms and not mm-hmm. in the context of, oh, it took the top spot from Star Wars. It financially ruined the yeah. thing in Blade Runner, which I don't think is true either. Anyway, I love the thing in Blade Runner. Don't come at me for that. I think they're great movies. Really great movies. Yeah, I just happen to really, is. really love this one. <laughs> I didn't love I, I, I know. I can't help I, it. I did not love Blade Runner. I couldn't. It, I don't. I have to try that, that one again. Blade Runner is a movie that took me a while to really figure out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I get what they're, why people like it. Um, I, I think it's the noir thing is interesting, but, you know, it's the dirty future. That was sort of started by Star Wars and Alien and, you know, it's just sort of the next sort of extension of that, I think. So it's 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 good. I, I, I think the director's cut is the way to go, personally. That's how I watched it. Still didn't quite. <laughs> Maybe you'd like, like the original cut with its, <laughs> with its weird narration and stuff. But we're not here to talk about Blade Runner. No, we're uh, not. <laughs> we are uh, going to finish up here with a couple of recommendations. Uh, I'm going to go with, since it is spooky month, I'm going to go with a movie that I am kind of shocked is not more well-loved or is not being talked about as much. I mean, it's a new one, so, you know, probably a lot of people haven't seen it yet, but I think it should be way more popular because it seems like something that people would really, really love, and that is The Invitation. Um, not that Not to be confused with The Invitation. But this, not this, to be confused with The Invitation, but The Invitation from 2022. <laughs> the thing about this one, though, is that um, it was one that I hadn't even really heard about before I just, mm-hmm. I had the day off, and I was like, I want to go to the movies. And The Invitation, I had seen, like, maybe a poster or something before. I had no idea what it was about. No idea. I hadn't even watched the trailer. So... Okay. I had seen the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah okay. and i so i didn't realize that the trailer like gave away Spoils everything because it, the yeah. because the way that the movie plays out when you actually watch it is very it's kind of a little bit like a reveal if you're not like picking up on there are certain clues and stuff but yeah, yeah. <laughs> when i came back so from it i was like so oh my god in other words, this is such a great this was such a great surprise like i had no idea yeah. that it was about vampires right so oh, I, when I, that I, kind I'm of surprised you said it 
I was surprised you said that. I thought we were going to maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe sorry. if you haven't seen it, don't watch the trailer. Don't watch it still. Yeah, don't watch the trailer. So when that happened, I thought that was such a great, it was a reveal to me. And just, I mean, just the whole aesthetic of the movie, I think a lot of people would really be drawn to. It's that gothic uh, thing. with the, It takes place in this huge mansion in England and everything. And yeah, everything, I, without just like giving away, yes, it's about vampires, all that stuff at the end is is, virile, is really cool looking. The, the main actress um, and her character is fucking awesome loved her i just think it's one that I, a lot more people would like if they watched it i think it's on vod now so god please check it out it's awesome yeah it actually um even though it wasn't particularly well advertised it actually for what it was did okay as i understand at the box Good. office uh so i think more people uh, maybe outside of film twitter saw it um (laughs) you know one of those movies and i think that's the case one of the things that i i forget about is film twitter is not the world real that's why (laughs) that's why that's why movies like et and avatar are big in the real world and sort of despised by film twitter right Right. i mean come on (laughs) it's true it's true i think um so anyway just throwing that out there you especially, um, I think you would love it. So I think I would. Watch it. I, I honestly, watch it. I was, I was going to go, but I, I just couldn't. I, I've had crazy Fridays over the past couple of weeks, and by the time I was able to do it and go see it, it was no longer, uh, ah, damn, able to go, uh, no longer in theaters. Um, so which happens sometimes. Also, you know, we both saw Barbarian. We both saw Pearl. Uh, I think yeah. uh, Barbarian. I definitely recommend. Barbarian, I think, is my favorite horror movie of the year so far. Mine too, actually. I Barbarian don't know what's going to top it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I another think it'd one. be tough. Yeah, don't say anything about Barbarian because yeah, I mean, if you haven't, if you haven't nothing. seen it, go in knowing nothing. Yeah. I knew as little as I possibly could, and it was just like this is the, this is the way to go. All I knew that it was called Barbarian, and people said it was scary, so I was like, "All right, cool, I'm in." <laughs> and I got to admit, it genuinely. I, I was sort of peeking at parts of it from from behind my fingers. I I, I was just like, because I hate jump scares yeah. too, and and there's like sometimes <laughs> you can just feel a jump scare scare coming on. Um, but yeah, it has some really interesting things that were surprising to me. It had some really familiar elements from other movies, but just the way that it's all put together, the way that the story is told. I mean, that movie yeah. is so cool. The way that it's shot, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. And I like Pearl. I thought Pearl was interesting. I it made me want to watch X again is what it did more than anything. <laughs> um so and some it, it's interesting. It's very divisive because some people are like, "Oh, it's better than X." Some people are like, "I like X better." It's just it's just but no one has really that I've seen has been like I hate it. More people yeah. have been like, "I I prefer one or the other and just kind of like yeah. both of them." X is more my thing, but I, yeah, I liked Pearl. Yeah, um as I was sitting there in watching the credits because i knew that i was hoping that there might be a maxine teaser at the end and there was a little bit of one not much but a little bit of one and i there there's there was a guy walking down and he said said hey that was even better than the first one you know and so i was like oh, yeah <laughs> nice I didn't you know what exactly happened to me like when it. i went to go see pearl though you walked I in walked on the in, end of the previous i one, walked right? in I walked in five minutes before the start time of my movie, right? For some uh-huh. reason, they it, it was still playing the previous showing. So I walked in, right? I was like, what is this going on? Because it was the Hollywood sign thing. Oh, and yeah. then it said Maxine. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You're was, showing me the end credits a, thing. I, know, I mean, it was but... it was barely a teaser. I mean, it was it was much less of a teaser than the Pearl one at the end of X. I know. Um, I was still kind of mad that I saw yeah. it before I yeah. watched Pearl. I got to see it twice, so that's cool. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I I'm stoked for Maxine. I am so. I, uh, yeah. I know you can never really tell with Ty West, uh, like what the vibes of his movies are going to be. It's always a little bit different yeah. than what I expect. But I mean, if it's if we're going like Los Angeles porn, yeah. like in the eighties, yeah. like yeah. I'm all in. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. My my recommendation, my real recommendation, is not uh porn from the eighties Hollywood. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> I know it is a Halloween kids movie though uh, that I that was just really neat movie uh it's on youtube it seems to be the only way it's really available right now um and hopefully it's still there and the thing is if it's not available anywhere else i don't feel bad about recommending it on youtube okay so and that is uh don coscarelli's uh first film uh kenny and company which is just about a group of kids in the 70s it's from 1976 it's like touch football and all these things but it's in the halloween season and it so it has all these homemade costume things and pranks and handmade haunted houses and someone's garage and but it's also just kind of really a nice beautiful little coming of age movie dealing with you know kind of like et you know dealing with real questions you know like what happens when you die and all that kind of stuff does go on in that movie and it's a really um I just thought it was, it, I was just charmed by it. A nice, real nice movie. And I wish that it could get a Blu-ray uh, in the States here. I think there's a Japanese one. Uh, I looked online and I was like, I can't tell what this, however much money this is in yen is in dollars right now. So I'm going to wait. Um, <laughs> it's like 2000 something yen. I was like, oh, it's like 20 bucks. It's not that much. Yeah. Uh, so, but definitely worth uh, checking out Kenny and company. And, and it's not a perfect rip. Uh, there's, uh, it looked like there was a spot that was flawed, like got accidentally cut out. But it, overall, I, I really like that movie. And, and I think it's uh, well worth and ripe for rediscovery, I think, uh, at this point. Because it's awesome. just a great Halloween season movie um, that's not scary. It's just about kids and Halloween. Very cool. All right. All right. Moving on to the next thing we've got um, coming up for you. Hopefully, I will have released our Burbs episode before this one. Uh, if not, it's coming out right after. And then um, <laughs> we're going to... Uh, I you said it. You're supposed to keep it I know. Case. I said I... <laughs> yeah, well, just in case I usually do, but I'm this will this will keep me honest, right, and get me done go. editing these. <laughs> um, but also uh, coming up next week, we have another Friends Forever favorites with Lindsay Wilkins uh, talking about Jurassic Park, uh, which will be a lot of fun. After that, uh, we're going into Thanksgiving season, right? So we're going to talk about food, <laughs> food, 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 glorious food. So the two movies, uh, do you remember what they were? My movie that I'm bringing to the table, so to speak, is uh, a lovely... Actually, it's also two international films, which we haven't done before in a while. So I don't know if we've ever done two in one episode, but I'm bringing from uh, a movie that just really has touched me over the past few years. It's called Babette's Feast. And I, I think it's just a lovely movie about being united over eating and food and just the sensory and sort of 
communal experience of that. It's a it's a really lovely movie, and I'm excited to talk about that one with you. Oh, mine is my favorite discovery of movies that I watched last year uh, from 1985, Tampopo. Love Tampopo. Love uh, it. Yeah, so mine is a pretty serious little movie. Yours is just fun as hell. Absolutely. Um, like feel good, yeah. mm-hmm. comfort. Uh, I've only seen yeah. it once. I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah, and, me too. Um, talk about all the, the fun stuff that it's got going on because yeah. it's another kind of wacky, random movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the socials real quick. You can find me on Twitter at BrianWaves42. You can find me at Michelle in Agen. And you can find our show at Movie Life Pod. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify and all those places, and we would appreciate it. And Very much, yes. You know what, Michelle? No matter what, I'll be right here. Be good, Brian. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.